Boston's what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all No, that's the start of a party right there. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. We're up to episode number 306. That's 306, and it is precisely... That is halfway to 333. And when we reach 333... I've done the math. It's going to be a party, oh, my friends. Oh, Liberty. <laughs> it's going to be a party. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a party here today, though, I have a feeling, because we've... Uh, Got in the studio with us uh, one of our uh, all-time favorite guests, uh, Greg Doxakis with Pierre Ferrand. And, uh, finally! And, uh, finally, Dox has come back <laughs> to smoking and toasting. We've been waiting. The, the spiky, they call me the spiky fots. Do you know mm-hmm. why? The spiky fots because I'm a friend of the show, and when I'm on, the ratings spike. Oh, wow. the spiky fots. I like that. Wow. And you always bring the most interesting people. and I do. And they're always wow. related to the most interesting people. So before we start... Is your mom standing by to comment in the chat? My mother? Yes. No. Okay, because that's what happened <laughs> oh, last he didn't time. Tell you that story. And it was classic. <laughs> yeah. It was just classic. So I'm sure you have something else up your sleeve for us today. <laughs> uh, and they're short sleeves, so we, yeah. we don't know where they've been. Docs is, uh, is with Pierre Ferrand and, of course, Plantation Rum. And uh, he has brought goodies for us to sample today. So we're super excited about that. But you've also brought a guest. Introduce uh, Adrian to us. I did. This is Adrian Stoner. She is our rum community liaison for Maison Ferrand. So the thing about Adrian is That's is a that she great title. Well, I, no, I, I'm so jealous. No, no, here's the thing, though. It is <laughs> it's a, a fun t- job. It's a title that was earned. Uh, uh, you know, Adrian is a. She was a market person in Chicago for the company, and it didn't take long for Alexander and the rest of the team to figure out there's something special about her. And she is just a, a student of the game of rum. Uh, she knows more about rum than I certainly do, and most people that I've ever met. Um, so the rum community is just that. It's a deep community with sometimes dark, scary waters, and it takes someone who knows how to navigate those waters to guide us through sometimes. So that's what she's doing out there day in, day out, fighting the good fight and representing Maison Ferrand and all of our rum labels. I, wow. I just have to ask Thanks. this question. When you were in high school mm-hmm. and you got you know, your time in the guidance counselor's office. Did your yeah. guidance counselor let you know that something like this as a profession would be possible? Definitely not. Mine didn't, and I'm still really <laughs> right. pissed. Uh, mine did warn me I might end up in a padded room someday, which I'm in right now. <laughs> and here you are. Yeah, yeah. So how did you become, the, the, uh, the walls are actually padded. A, yeah. this interested in rum, and B, uh, this knowledgeable about it? Well, I uh, got into this side of things through bartending. I bartended for uh, 17 years, and... Um, the last several years of my tenure as a bartender, I was working at rum bars um, with really great education programming, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to find a place to deposit all of that knowledge. That's uh, so cool. So bartending is really fun. I love hospitality, of course, um, but I want to talk about rum with more people than just you know the few people I could. Um, well, you're certainly in a good place thank to do you. that. Yeah. We, we are big fans of rum here in general. But we're especially big fans of of Plantation. That's uh, it's it's just there's so much going on that's so wonderful in the Plantation line of rums. From just what we do at my house, our sort of everyday rum, which is either the pineapple or the Isla Fiji, mm-hmm. uh, to some of the really special bottles 
that we've had the uh, good fortune to sample it uh, when Dax has been on the show. And uh, when Dax, did I call you Dax? I apologize. Um, uh, when Dax has been on the show, and we've had uh, the opportunity to really, I think, get a little deeper than I certainly ever would have thought I'd be able to into learning about all the rums in your line. So I can only imagine if you know more than this guy does about it. That's uh, that's that's pretty pretty high bar. She's frightening. Yeah. Okay. I'm scared to death right now. The reason, I, yeah, I'm just honestly, the reason why I brought her here today is I didn't want to spend a day alone with her all day. Wow. I was like, I, I, need, I, can, I, need, all right. I, I need some buffers. Some okay. here. I can totally understand that. Well, we'll be tasting some things. Uh, I, I think you kind of want to surprise us with at least a few of them, so we can just wait until we get there uh, to introduce them all. Although I think we may have put up a few uh, shots of a few things already, but that's all right. We can uh, we can be surprised when we get there. We'll be tasting. A number of spirits uh, from Docs and Adrian, and we'll also be uh, talking about a couple of very interesting beers. Well, three, actually. Um, Ian, I think we might have had this one on the show before, but I don't remember, which either means that it wasn't a very memorable beer or that we had a lot of very memorable beer on that show. On <laughs> oh, that I same just, show, And correct. I just don't remember <laughs> any of it. Uh, but it's from Eagle Brewery, which, which is from Bedfordshire, England, and it's their banana bread beer. Have we done that before on the show? That sounds real familiar. Yeah, but I, I, I spent like a half an hour looking at just gazing at the can. You know what? And let's, I couldn't let's place it. What show are we on? 300 and what? 306. I, sh- I should have just divided 333 by, by two. By two, yes. Yeah, so you would have known the number, around. yes. 306. We're 306 shows, and... A minimum of three beers per show. Right. That's a lot of beers. <laughs> yes, so, it is a lot so of beers. So forgive us if we slip one through a second uh, time. Fair if, enough. If that's the truth. And and you know, if I don't remember, then it's worth tasting it's again. It's probably and, at least a couple about, years. Right? Yeah, that's for weeks sure. Since we did um, it. So. There's a brewery in Golden, Colorado that's not Coors. It is called the Holidayly Brewing Company, like Holidayly. Uh, and they Coors have hasn't crushed them out of existence. No, yet? in fact, they're they're the guys trying to keep Coors honest. You know, just kind of trying to trying to go. Uh, yeah, this is a big brewery town. There's the big brewery, and here's the good brewery. Right. You know. <laughs> uh, but they have an IPA called Fat Randy's IPA, and we'll be checking right. that out uh, on the program today. And then from Brew Dog Brewery. Uh, you know, in uh, Ellen, Scotland, uh, they have a pecan and toffee Christmas stout that is themed after National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and the name of the stout is "It's a Butte." Nice, which you remember <laughs> Chevy Chase saying, "It's a Butte." So that's uh, that's something we'll look forward to. We'll be tasting with all of these guys in here, and we're really excited about that. Uh, we will also be talking about some festive holiday drinks, and we wanted to get to the cocktails this week because. Uh, next week, our guest will be our good friend and uh, smoking and toast and wine expert Mark Burrell, who will be here awesome. to talk about wines for the holidays. So we're getting it. And then after that, our big holiday blowout show, which basically means Ian and I just show up and drink. Yeah. Mark and and we'll be that. looking forward to that as well. So uh, also on the show today, um, well, our. our Drinking news segment will make its return, and at this point, it is my duty, my sworn duty, to give you a drinking news teaser headline. So, with Ian's appropriate musical accompaniment, I don't see dead people, but I hear dead presidents. So there's your teaser headline for today. So we'll look forward to that a uh, little bit later on in the program. And we look forward to doing a lot of tasting and sampling, I hope, uh, of some really, really good stuff. And, of course, it's just exciting to have Docs back in the studio again. So. I, I agree. It's exciting we, we, to have you We back. enjoy having you back. Yeah, uh, this is, I enjoy being here. There's, there's some you know, guests that we have on repeatedly 
that we feel a kind of an obligation and, and the to. Repeti- and the repetitive. Right, right. But it, like Chris Morris. Yes. Alan Denning. Sure. Probably. Yeah. And it's some we feel obligated to have on, like Chris Hart. You know, Thank God. Uh, and yeah, but and and you can tell by the comments because people tell us nobody cares about those guys. <laughs> right. But I don't think anyone's ever said that about you in the comments. So, uh, so. Can, we, can we riff on Chris Hart? Yes. So, so I, yes. t- I texted him uh, a couple of uh, days ago against my better judgment. I texted him, <laughs> and, and it took him about two days to text me back. Mm-hmm. So whenever he does that, I'll was it wait. like a one-word answer? Like yes. No, because I, I, that's the I was best. asking if he was in town. He said no, and, and whenever he takes, he does that, I like wait two days and one minute to text him back. Just, just one <laughs> so you've minute always longer. Waited a little longer, yeah. Exactly. And then to something else. This guy, this guy, this Christopher Hyde fella, uh, coming <laughs> com- coming back from uh, uh, Tales of the Cocktail. What do I see? But a shock of thinning red hair in front of me in first class <laughs> as I'm sitting in section seven, and right there in front of me is. Got to be Chris Hart, right? The one, the only. Yeah, you know, I'm like, who flies first class from the, from uh, New Orleans to Houston? <laughs> it's 35 minutes. Right. Why waste that money? Why waste your miles or your money, right? And things. I didn't even say hello because I actually bumped into him the day before. <laughs> uh, we were setting up for our Citadel tasting room, and it was like a bourbon something or another restaurant, you know, on Bourbon Street, of course. And the only spot available at the bar to have a quick lunch, and he's right there. I'm like, Ugh, whatever. I swallowed it and I sat down to have lunch. <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's en- that's enough for him for one week. So I d- I let him sit up there with his uh, extra bag of peanuts in first class and said, "You go, you go, Mr. You go, Mr. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Big Shot, <laughs> Mr. Big Shot, Chris Hart." Uh, I, I just got wonder, an image to maintain. I wonder how Chris Hart went from being one of our absolutely favorite guests to being the one guy that everybody dumps on when they come on the show. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of a lovable guy that, that yeah. for whatever reason, we got to give him a hard yeah, time. Yeah, he's like that guy that that you like went to school with that you. You didn't dislike him, but you still love just making fun of him all <laughs> the time. Gonna, you know, everybody, everybody knows that guy. Unless you were that guy, in which case you know that guy really <laughs> well. Like, I never met that guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you can't find the weirdo on the bus, guess what? <laughs> uh, so, Ian, I, I know we've uh, both had very busy weeks, but uh, I'm wondering if you had an opportunity to smoke something interesting this week and if you might like to tell us about I it. I did. I got out of the house earlier today, and uh, I went by a... Uh, Casa and asked them if they had anything new, and of course they do. They They're good do. like that. Uh, the new thing that I picked up was the Alec Bradley double uh, broadleaf. Oh, the double broadleaf. I've read about it just that. Just came out. Yeah. I think yes. we talked about that in Cigars to Watch for I last week. I think so. This was the 5x50 Robusto. Um, <clears throat> if people stopped texting me, I'd be able to read this. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> my notes are on my it, phone. It does make it <laughs> difficult, right. doesn't it? Yeah. So that's when I'm trying to play solitaire, you know. Um, <laughs> the uh, the wrapper is a Heritage uh, Broadleaf, uh, a Heritage Connecticut Broadleaf grown in Honduras. Uh, the binder it has a dual binder. I think a lot of the Alec and Bradleys. I think that's kind of one of the things they have a dual mm-hmm. binder on there. Cigars. So the first binder is broadleaf. The second binder is uh, Nicaraguan, and the filler is a uh, Honduran and Nicaraguan. This is a full flavor cigar right off the bat. Okay, like, I'll tell you that. The um, it's the third cigar in the experimental series after uh, Project Forty and the Project Forty Maduro. So it's the 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 double broadleaf experimental series cigar. Uh, the appearance: espresso brown wrapper, very few veins, very firm feel, oily, uh, leathery kind of feel uh, to the touch. Uh, experimental band and um, secondary double broadleaf uh, band, both are understated yet a little bit eye catching. <laughs> Looks nice. The uh, pre-light stiff on this: uh, dark chocolate, coffee, dark fruit, fermented hay, raisin, a little bit of barnyard smell to it. 
uh, the prelate draw. I used a punch on it. I got a perfect punch. Look at this picture right here. Ah. It's like one of those, you know, you get the perfect punch. I, I on the do end love of that when it's just perfectly round, <laughs> no no extra leaf coming no, out. No, no, yeah. no. It was, it was a perfect punch on it. Uh, I had a medium draw, uh, sweet, creamy coffee, cocoa, and rich earth from it um, before I lit it. Uh, the initial light, and we're off. Spicy under uh, earthy blast, uh, bitter chocolate, black pepper, earth coffee, and wood, all jacking for top position on the palate. With coffee, bitter chocolate, and cedar leading off the gate, retrohale is peppery and, peppery and woody. The first third of this, when the smoke clears from the starting line, we have a few clear leaders around the first corner with coffee and bitter chocolate coming around the first, followed closely by earth, raisin, and sweet cream. Cedar taking up the rear along with black pepper, retrohale is peppery. And sweet cedar, solid ash, good burn. Nice. I gave it a theme. That, that <laughs> was, was exciting. Look, the look you're giving me. <laughs> I, was, I was like, come on, pepper, has pepper around the bend. He's, he's been doing this for a while, though. He's, he's become very literary in his, uh, in his cigar notes. Uh, the second third of this is the flavor settling for the rad, sweet cream and raisin, gain a few positions, running neck and neck with bitter chocolate and coffee. Is just barely keeping up with the uh, front of the pack. The rest of the flavors are stretched out behind with cedar, pepper, earth, and surprising uh, and a surprising appearance by leather and toast. Uh, Retrohaler is sweet, woody, and pepper. Solid ash, uneven burn. Um, the third third. After a quick pit stop to tend the burn, the field changes dramatically, leaving sweet, cream, bitter chocolate, and cedar vying for first, second, and third positions, followed by, closely by earth, toast, raisin, and brown sugar. I didn't even know she was in a race. Uh, the backfield is taken up by pepper and earth. Retrohale is sweet, woody, and pepper. Solid ash, good burn. That's it. Well, you, you got to tell oh, us. No, no, no. Final I'm, not, I'm not giving on. you the check, checkered flag. Oh, okay. All right. The uh, the price to quality on this. This was nine dollars and eighty five cents. I give it a solid five. If I didn't have to attend uh, it, I would have probably gotten a five point five. Because yeah. it's really good. Like, I really love the flavors in the cigar. It was really nice. It burned a long time. I, it was a 5 by 50 and I mm -hmm. got an hour and 15 out of it. Um, so it burned a long time. But I, I gave it a solid 5, and it's worth it. I'll, I'll buy more of those, definitely. What you guys have to understand is this guy, who is waxes so poetic now in his uh, cigar tasting notes. When we first started the show, 306 or 5 shows ago... Mm -hmm. And I would ask him about uh, a beer that he would taste, and he'd just look at me and say, beer good. And I'm not kidding. Hey, dude, sometimes you don't have to say much to get your point across. <laughs> no, no, listen, the online, the, the online correspondence class is really paying off, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was descriptive. I felt like I was there. It was, uh, I, yeah. am, I unfortunately hey. had ro enrolled in Trump University, and apparently they're out of business now. So <laughs> I, never, I never got to finish my continuing uh, I don't, education. You know, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Like, every once in a while when I'm doing a cigar review, like, I'll, say, I'll put something in there that will make me think of a scenario. Like in this, I don't oh, know I why it was a race. Uh, I some of them are obvious though. When I did the uh, the Hemingway short story, right? The, obviously, yeah. you know, I mean, like, how do you not that put was, that into that was maybe one of your most <laughs> literary cigar reviews ever. So, <clears throat> yeah. literally, yeah. it was literary, literally. literally. Yes, he keeps literally doing literal. these, and I'm like, and, and I'm like, oh, would you stop that? It already is enough. <laughs> takes me enough work and time. To put together the notes for the show and find a drinking news story, and now I got to compete with that. Come on, uh, I won't try to compete. I'll just uh, tell you that I had a uh, a really interesting cigar this week. Uh, the Drew Estate Hoya de Nicaragua An Antonio. Yeah, Antonio. Every time I look at it, I want to say. We talked about Antonio. that last week, as a matter of yes, fact. Yes, we that talked about the, the cigar. 
So I smoked one of them this week. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, I had the Grand Console, which is, okay, so the classic Hoya de Nicaragua brand was regarded in the 1970s as one of the best and most popular uh, cigar brands in the world. Unfortunately, the Nicaraguan Civil War and the unrest that was caused there by the Sandinistas essentially destroyed the brand, and they went out of business. It was revived years later by Tobacco's Puros Nicaragua S.A., and then recently acquired by Drew Estate, which is, you know, uh, Jonathan Drew and his company. And they are wonderful, and they've done a great job keeping Hoya de Nicaragua alive. The Antonio line is considered to be Hoya de Nicaragua's crowning achievement. The Grand Consul is a short, fat cigar <clears throat> that is tapered in a figurato shape at the head, which you'll see right here. Uh, it's only four and three quarters uh, inches long, it, but it's a 60 ring gauge. So it's not far from, like, something in the nub Long. Right. Yeah. So I uh, clipped it off and did my pre-light sniff as well as the cold draw. There was plenty of barnyard aroma, kind of a wet grass barnyard, which sounds unpleasant but wasn't. Nope. Um, add in some nuttiness on the pre-light draw, kind of like toasted almonds. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's light this up and uh, do it. So I did that. I, I lit the end of it, and I got what almost amounted to a Nicaraguan pepper blast. That's our term here yeah, at Smoking and Toasting. Yeah, that's our term here at Smoking and Toasting. For an initial rush of pepper to the tongue and to the palate that can sometimes happen when you first light a Nicaraguan cigar. Mm -hmm. Someday, songs will be written and performed about this phenomenon. But until then, we are forced to settle for particularly substandard Barry Gibb impressions uh, that are well-intentioned, <laughs> but unfortunately have been known to scare small children. Did, so, you, did you write all that knowing that I haven't written the Nicaraguan Pepper Blast song yet? I wrote all of that assuming that you have not written the Nicaraguan Pepper Blast. <laughs> now I feel a little bit bad. Yeah, well, think how bad you'll really? feel if I go back to doing the Barry Gibb impression. <laughs> uh, I go it's blind in one ear. Uh, so there was a slight rush of black pepper to the palate. But I'd say it wasn't quite as pronounced as what I usually think of as a Nicaraguan pepper blast. So in addition to the pepper, I got some deep chocolate notes along with a bit of leather in the first third. Uh, it looked initially like I might be dealing with a really crooked burn line, even though the draw was great. But that kind of seemed to correct itself about three quarters of an inch in. And uh, just after that, the first chunk of ash fell off. At about the second third, I picked up a note of black coffee. The chocolate faded somewhat, and the pepper remained, uh, even picking up a little bit from where it had been in the first third. The burn continued to be just fine, not razor straight, but no issues at all, as you'll see in the picture here or here or wherever it is. Uh, by the final third, uh, the leather had returned to the palate, was joined uh, by a light cedar note, and I noticed a creaminess on the finish that I hadn't noticed before. Still lots of pepper, especially on the retrohale, but despite how full-bodied this cigar was, the creaminess kept it from ever becoming harsh. Particularly, you know, a lot of cigars will get more harsh in the final third, mm -hmm. and this one really uh, really didn't. Uh, the Hoya de Nicaragua Grand Consul is not a Fisher-Price, my first cigar. Uh, it is most definitely big and bold, and although it doesn't get harsh, you can tell that you're smoking one of the big boys, even if it's not all that big. Uh, the cigar can be had for 7 or $8. It is a fairly quick smoke, but the blend of flavors is very good. And it is nice to have a couple of these in the humidor uh, for a time when you don't have all day, but you still want a big smoking experience. I recommend the Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio Grand Consul wholeheartedly if you're looking for big and bold, but still creamy and flavorful at the same time. Price to quality, a solid Five. I wouldn't want to be asked to pay more 
for a cigar that wasn't larger than this, right. but it was every bit as good as uh, as the cost. So nice. our price to quality scale, when we talk about cigars, mm-hmm. it's a one to 10 scale, but five means you got exactly what you paid for. So if something rates above a five, it was uh, it was knocking up uh, out of its weight class. And if it rates lower than a five, it doesn't mean it wasn't good, but maybe maybe compared to what else you could get at that price, it didn't quite... Uh, didn't quite hit the bar. Although, so, if you get a two, it's probably not good. If you get a two, it probably is not good. <laughs> At almost any price yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And also, it's difficult for a more expensive cigar yeah. to get past a five because they're already pretty expensive. Yeah, so, I mean, we're smoking uh, a $20 cigar. It yeah. better be good. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not sitting there going, I would have paid 22 for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it could happen. All right, we're going to take a break because uh, until we get into the next segment, we probably won't start the tasting. So let's get into the next segment and start the tasting. I'm really excited about this. You're watching Smoking and Toasting. Uh, We've got uh, special guests in the studio we're very excited about. So we'll get back to uh, hang with you guys and chat some more coming up. Welcome back into Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about, um, what are we about again? Uh, Good stuff. <laughs> uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. How about that? We've just started this yeah, show. Oh, I know. And, uh, and we've been, uh, I've not, as John Paul Jones once said, I have not yet begun to drink. I've already pulled out a knife and you've forgotten not, the words. So I, I don't know what's going on here. That's not the Navy guy. I'm talking about the guy who was in Led Zeppelin. So, uh, <laughs> so all right. Um, yes, we are excited about today's show. It's show number 306. We're going to talk about uh, great cocktails for the holidays. And we're also going to talk about uh, some cognac and some rum. And since we've got what appears to be a rum expert whose rum knowledge surpasses our own good friend Docs in the studio, we should probably start talking about rum. So, you're here. So, Adrian, you're you're on. What can you tell us about this rum that, first of all, we are intimately familiar with the Isle of Fiji rum. Mm-hmm. But this is something beyond that at least, by at least just a little, right? It right. looks like it packaging-wise. It's not exactly the same, but it's got the same sort of color scheme, and uh, and yet it almost promises something more. It definitely promises something more. And uh, this is a, a vintage, so the Isle of Fiji is a blend, right? Mm-hmm. This one is a 13-year-old rum. Um, from the Rum Co. of Fiji. We have a close relationship with that uh, producer, and Liam Costello um, from Rum Co. of Fiji is friends with Alexandre. We've done a few vintages with them in the past, and mm-hmm. the Isle of Fiji is kind of our, our first um, kind of forever partnership. That's a right. permanent that's fixture. A, that's a permanent thing mm-hmm. in the line, and so this that rum was from this relationship, correct? correct? Okay. Um, but before Isle of Fiji came out, we already had two different um, vintages. And so this is our third vintage from Fiji uh, in this lineup. I'll um, just say, my, my wife and I were hanging out with some friends yesterday, and we were sharing with them some of our bottle of Isla Fiji rum. And to a person, they were like, wow, and expecting it to be a really expensive, you know, uh, pricey so bottle of rum. Good. And uh, when we told them, you know, what we paid for the bottle, uh, they were they were really surprised that you can get that good of a rum at that price. And I say this followed by the caveat: 
please don't raise the price. <laughs> because it's so awesome uh, that you're able to get it at that price. And I know everything's going up. I get that. But you, you could charge a lot more for that rum, and I'm, and I'm glad you don't. This, however, I'm guessing is sort of another step beyond, right? Right. This definitely has a higher price point um, because of the age. Uh, Fiji mm. is a very tropical place, right? So anything aging on those islands is um, going to be very aggressive. You lose a lot of angel share. Um, right. So we're talking like 10% annual. It's it's wow. pretty pretty high. Um, 10% means, a year mm-hmm. that you would lose from the from evaporation? Correct. Yeah. Wow. 8 to 10%. So um, it's aggressive. Uh, that means that things aging there are going to have a heavier oak finish, right? Um, with that oak interaction just being so steady and constant. Um, this one has a second aging, like all of our plantation rums. This one has a second aging in cognac barrel. So the first 10 years in Fiji, the last three years in France in a cognac barrel. So we're slowing down the aging, introducing a different oak finish, right? French oak versus American oak. Um, and I think it's beautiful. Now, do you send the? Do, do you do all of the aging in Fiji, or do you send the rum to France? We to send aged? it. Well, we send it to France for you the send, second aging. You send it to France, mm-hmm. where it is put in French oak barrels Correct. and aged. Then for how many years? Three more years. For three more. So years. it's thirteen years old total. Mm-hmm. Um, with an introduction of a se- this separate barrel. Smells amazing. I haven't tasted it yet, but I do love the like, nose on it. It is so. If I didn't think I'd get in trouble when floral. I was pulled over, I would just wear this. <laughs> <laughs> Fiji yeah. rum is really unique. I, th- I think it's really special um, to have something like this to offer. You know, we have a lineup with a lot of rums from the Caribbean, but having something from literally the other side of the globe uh, is is fun, but it's also not a place where people think about rum. We, we forget that they even have a distillery there. A lot of folks are still new to Fiji um, as a rum producer. And so this distillery has been around since the early 80s, um, but we're, we're happy to show so it off. So on the nose, I get just a ton of vanilla and oak and a hint of that grapiness that you get from have, cognac. Have you tasted this yet? I haven't yet. Is it as good as it smells? It's, it smells it's, so good. I'm just I'm better. trying to smell so it's, much. It's better. Wow, that's crazy. <clears throat> it's It really is. I mean, this is... This is, in my, to my palate, it is everything you want a rum to be. It's got the... Um, it's got the deeper flavors. It's got the caramel, but it's also got this floral thing that is just so wonderful. And then that that underlying sort of I don't know a better word for it, so I say rubber. Uh, but that underlying sort of rubberiness that lets you mm-hmm. know it's a rum, and it's just absolutely magnificent. It doesn't drink like some like higher proof and specialty rums do. They almost drink more like a whiskey. This absolutely does not do that. It drinks like a rum. No, this is 100% rum walking in the room right here. <clears throat> yeah. this is, and it's wonderful. It is so good. Um, it's uh, It's got such a pleasant uh, it's got such a delicate aftertaste that's uh, almost bizarre because it's so bold up front with with the with the, the vanilla, the rum the, uh, the, the rum Mm-hmm. Tasting. I don't. I don't know what the rum flavor is. It's just rum. But, did you uh, Did you open it up with some water? I drop? did not. Open it up, man. Okay, open up the window. Let the flavors mm-hmm. roll in. <laughs> so I got like. <clears throat> I got my nose into my glass there, guys, and and, and I was a thousand miles away. Um, mm-hmm. it, it or more so. Well, that's one hundred percent true. By the way, it it does have that effect of sending you. Uh, maybe it's the suggestion of the label on the bottle. Oh, honestly, guys, I don't know. I, so it I just was, sends was, you that to all. It gets to more. It gets more plant and mineral. Well, I was I was walking through an aging uh, cellar in France. 
This home, is what we, we walked through one of our aging centers with the wall the rum is. And just for some reason, this particular rum took me straight there. I have not been to an aging cellar in France, so I don't have that as a memory point of reference. But, uh, can uh, we, 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 oh, can you, you do get, shows from an aging cellar in France? You better believe we can do shows it's, from it's an aging cellar in France. It's almost a sweet and creamy I smell kind of an award. Thing. <laughs> I don't know what the awards are for these kind of things, but we're going to win one, baby. <laughs> it, it picks up with the water. It picks up almost a creaminess, kind of a sweet, creamy kind of thing going on. Well, you know, On the nose, though, you're right. You get more minerality mm-hmm. with, with the water added. Uh, some of which could be from the water itself, obviously. And but a little of the vegetal or plant, uh-huh. if you would like. I don't know if vegetal sounds really pretty, but... Uh, yeah, there's but a savory really, quality. really, good. Sure. Wow. I've, I've met spirit. It is really nice with water, though. I've met spirit makers from across the world, and they all agree on one thing, and that is you really, in, until you open it up with just one drop of water, one or two drops of water, then you really have not smelt the true spirit yet. you got to cut the, some of the alcohol <laughs> and open it up. So there's no shame in that. I'll always open up just a little bit. You know, you don't want it's to put a bunch of water in there. Just a couple of drops. Yeah, it's interesting because we're almost like always would do that with a whiskey. Mm-hmm. But yet, for some reason with rum, we're, we're maybe not quite as likely to do that. Or with tequila. So my, my drinking process... Because, you know, I've refined it down to this. I love that you have a drinking process. <laughs> Let me just say that. First, I open the bottle. Step one. <laughs> step one, open the bottle. Yeah. Two, clear um, the Sometimes neck. Cruz opens the bottle, though. So, you know, yeah. sometimes I skip step one. But, no, uh, I always like to try stuff neat. And then I'll generally try uh, with a drop of water. And then if I have the opportunity, I'll put a chip of ice, a small chip, not a big block, not anything like that. But a small chip, because I want to taste the cold flavors, which usually brings out kind of the brighter flavors, the fruitier flavors. And then as that ice melts in, then you get that diluted, warmer, usually you get more like some of the sugary flavors and things Mm -hmm. like that. It's really, really interesting. That's my process. It's all really interesting in different ways to experience the same spirit. Mm -hmm. And it's it's, uh, part of what we were, part of why we enjoyed doing the show is that we really look at these things as experiences. These are things that enhance our lives in many ways, whether we're talking about the cigars or we're talking about the spirits of the craft beers. They're not, it's not like when you were in college and you brought in the case of beer and you sat around with your friends just to get hammered. It's about the experience of all this stuff. And what I love about this rum is that it offers this experience that, that is so multi-layered. There's mm-hmm. so much that you can do and you can get out of it. And uh, I just have to absolutely cheer your collaboration with, uh, with, this, uh, with this distillery because this is really, really wonderful stuff. Now, is it a collaboration with their distillery? Did you build a plantation distillery to do this with them? How, how did that part work Okay, out? I'm going to step in right there. I've been on the show how many times there is no plantation distillery. Okay, so, so right, correct me. Okay, no. <laughs> but everybody, everybody may not know this, though. Uh, so we do, we have a distillery in Barbados, which is called mm-hmm. the West Indies Rum Distillery. Right. Um, it's been there since 1893. Uh, we are part owner, we share ownership of two distilleries in Jamaica um, named Clarendon and Long Pond. Um, we do not own a distillery in Fiji. Uh, we have a relationship with Liam Costello there, and so they partnered to make the blend for Isle of Fiji. Um, outside of that, we uh, are partners as far as business goes. So we right. they do sell a lot of bulk. They used to sell a lot of bulk to Shear, um, but now with our relationship, we kind of get, like, first dibs. If we want right. to do another vintage, um, we're the, the first customer, they ask. And, and this 2009... 
Is this something you'll continue to do these like next year? And Absolutely. The year after? Oh, yeah. as, as often as we can. Well, uh, you know, if you remember, last year it was an aviary theme. Right, um, right. Uh, but, you know, we've always, like, the, the rums have always been sort of a celebration of the uh, uh, flora of the, mm-hmm. the, the the nations we've worked with. But now we're like homage to the fun. Am I saying that right? Yep. Flora and fun. Yeah, good. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, so, so last year was an aviary theme, and this year it's an aquatic theme. We're calling it under the sea. So, uh, mm-hmm. I believe the last time I was in, I had the Jamaican with the uh, manatee on the label. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one out there. It's uh, no, that's Australia from last year. Um, golly, we got another one coming. That's a Panama with the humpback whale, sperm whale. What kind of whale? It's a whale. It's a whale. It's a whale. <laughs> oh, it's I don't a know whale. specifically which whale. <clears throat> can take its temperature. So, and this one, of course, is the clownfish. Yes, yeah. yes. Which I'm, is I'm so a impressed. very tropical fish. I'm impressed. We, it's, it's been like ten whole months, and neither one of y'all's made a Finding Nemo joke yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I mentioned see. the clownfish yeah. at, the, at the beginning, sitting here because yeah. he's staring at me. On they the are side. beautiful. We, you know, if you remember our vintages from years past, the the bottles all looked the same, and yeah. that was a little bit um, kind of just confusing, I guess, for, right, for right. folks who were fans of no, like I what like is this. Yeah, multiple you... Fiji. But they mm-hmm. all have the same label, right. um, but they're different distillations. Maybe it's a different blend, a different aging. So um, we had to do something to set them apart. Okay, so let's get to it. Where's the artwork coming Can, from? Yeah, where do you get the artwork? We we know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer to well that question ever. Done. It's from our team. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Very. It's like it sounded like it was it's fantastic. Sylvester Stallone saying it on the Tulsa King show. I know. Yeah, a guy. we we know we a have guy. a guy in, on staff. Um, we do have a different artist um, from Barbados for the Extremes series this year, uh, mm-hmm. and his name is Alex Mars. He's a really great artist from Barbados, and he created all of the artwork for that series. But really other than wonderful. that, this is really this is wonderful. our in-house staff. So now for the big question: mm-hmm. Is this something we're going to be able to find? In stores, you can find this Nemo currently. Yeah. At, at Don't the, call uh, it Nemo. We're gonna get sued. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you, you <laughs> no relation to Disney. No. <laughs> or Pixar or whoever own owns that. Okay. So, uh, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, we can find it. Uh, yeah. Find it on Lee's Liquor. <laughs> Lee's Liquor on Navigation. Okay. <laughs> I totally fixed it in the camera. That is you can such find a this great Lee's Liquor store, on Navigation. That's it. That's but it, it just landed like last month. It hasn't okay. even gotten out there yet. Mm-hmm. But so far, Lee's. But you'll find it the usual suspects. And ask for it your favorite retailer. It is currently in stock at R and D C warehouses in Texas. And so around the country, then this is something that people should be able to find without looking too hard or or will it be lim- how limited will it be let me uh, ask the question well, that let's way. let's keep our universe right here in texas i'm going to answer for texas you can okay. find it here in texas for right now not every state uh-huh. um has access yeah. to the same yeah beautiful rooms so, unfortunately what did we here in texas do to become so lucky that is to be able to to have access because like docs this? is here okay okay <laughs> what has two thumbs and gets us access to the uh, to the good stuff i, I live guy. in nashville and it did just land in nashville so that's okay. exciting well very good so for all those folks well uh the next question then retail what are we going to pay for this at retail anywhere from like 80 85 dollars that's really not bad. It's really good. Yeah. Because I could, all, I, given the quality of it and what I've tasted, you know, from you guys before, I was expecting it to be a hundred, one ten, something like that. Um, so Might that's be. that's. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, again, not trying to talk you into raising the I, price. I, I can tell you what the, I can tell you what the suggested retail price is. But uh, yeah, those darn yeah. liquor store owners who seem to have a mind of their own. Uh, yeah, 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 I, get it. I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, so is this something that will be only available 
for a limited time. Oh, and it's done. It's, done. So and, it's a vintage. So and, it's 2009 vintage. And yeah. so grab it if you see it mm-hmm. because it won't necessarily be there. Uh, when you come back, so so there's that. So yeah, next year we'll be on to something else. <clears throat> All right. Well, I I'm really really glad you did this. And and are there other Fiji projects in the works other than the regular Isle of Fiji and your sort of yearly vintage? You'll see a single cask. Um, I think it's going to be in Dallas only this year. Uh, it's delicious. Yeah. There's a there's a, there's a Fiji one uh, uh, that was in the Rosalier. Am I saying that right? Rosaliers. It's, yeah. a, it's a French single malt uh, that we use their their cast. Like, okay, remember we have the vintages right here, and every now and then I'll bring in what's called a single cast, which mm-hmm. is so inappropriate, incorrectly named because it's actually three casts done in aging. It's going to be the typical bourbon cask aging, then the cognac uh, cask aging, and then we'll have a, a, a tertiary aging, um, in which you're going to be something like one of our barrel swap partners, uh, like some the name of you is like Teeling. Uh, um, uh, uh, Kilhoman, uh, um, mm-hmm. who else? Uh, uh, Mac Myers, Swedish single malt. Mm-hmm. Um, more of the local ones. Uh, we'll be tasting one a little bit later. One from Iron Root uh, uh, um, whiskey. Iron out Root. There. Love those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Um, so you know, we just the the, the 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 vintages are really supposed to be like an expression of that particular country and the terroir of that mm-hmm. rum. We're single cast. It's let's go off roading, man. We're going to put it in a third barrel and we're going to take this thing in a direction that you did not even expect. So so you will see more. Fiji's that like that. So it's not. Oh, 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 and one more thing. Currently, you can get a really nice uh, Fiji at Anvil and its sister bars, uh, BLT, and of course Squabble. They got their own last year, and they still have a little bit left. Uh, it's uh, uh, the Fiji. Um, I forget the vintage of the year, but it's been triple aged in Mars Japanese whiskey casks. Oh wow! Yeah, it's very really, really special. Very stuff. cool. So just to get back to the single cask thing, uh, it's actually matured in three different casks. Yeah. So it's kind of like. A guy on Tinder claiming to be single when he's really not. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, but I'm going to use that uh, knowledge at our next meeting when I'm <laughs> okay, complaining about good. the name. Very good. There you go. And, and make sure you credit uh, you know, your favorite uh, I will. Uh, podcast here for, uh, for helping you come up with that. Uh, Ian has poured us uh, the first beer, and I don't know how big of a shock this will be. To the system after drinking such delicious rum, but this is the banana bread. Beer. It actually goes really well <laughs> yeah, right after. I it. was hoping so because yeah. it's got the tropical thing. I, you know, it, it makes you wonder: did oh, they go? Yes, you know does. what? We're going to make a banana beer, right? Or did they make a beer and go, "Well, that's banana bread," right? Because it really, really is very bready and banana-y, and it does have that. But it's still beer; it's still intact. Yeah, but you know, it does have not... that sort of flowery top of the banana beer crust mm-hmm. uh, uh, to it, as well as the banana. No, yes. they, they've nailed it. it and it, you can it, almost it, taste like a pecan. No, you, yeah, you can. There's a nuttiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You taste like the glaze on top. Like I think you put it rest. Yeah, it tastes good. like the, the you, top of a you, banana. You taste bread. the top layer of the bread, which sure. is always the best right. when you get right. banana the bread. The only part you want to eat. That crust is the best part for yeah. sure. Yeah. Ian, show uh, that show that can because I just love how they've got the. Glass of beer coming up out of a banana, banana peel like that. I thought that's. I want to <laughs> peel a really banana. Good. and It yeah. turns out like that. Mm. that that's a source of it. Uh, in the to this day, Eagle Brewery embraces different perspectives. It means that while others may move cautiously, we soar fearlessly to take a different view. And this this is a brewery in England, by the way. Uh, fresh, uh, so this is not an American fresh uh, bananas wow. pack. And they a whole call bunch themselves of aromas, Eagle anyway. While mm-hmm. rich multi hops deliver seriously fruity flavor, all perfectly balanced by a masterful blend. Malt beverage brewed with bananas and banana flavor added. Product of Carlsberg, Martins Brewery, uh, Eagle Brewery, Bedford, UK. Bedford, Bedfordshire, England. Um, Bedford I do wonder, Shire. though, 
because it said banana and banana flavor added. Where oh. do you get banana flavor? Mm. Banana from a runs. factory? <laughs> banana runs. The little candy from, from a factory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're full of answers today. Uh, uh, coming in at 5.2%. Um, uh, I think ABV, it's delicious. Uh, mm. Using lager and crystal malts, uh, and then uh, Challenger and Syrian Goldings hops. And you were right; it actually does complement the rum pretty well. It really kind of like really, really does. there's not really a clash going yeah. on there. They're I was very worried, different. But the, I was worried, but this is uh, we're going to have one hell of a cross totally promotion here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can do a barrel swap. You know, it, it is interesting uh, that you pointed out <laughs> that their eagle. Uh, brewing, yeah. and they went with the eagle, which you always think of as a more American thing. I had that same thought when I was uh, uh, when I was putting together the notes for the show. I was like, "And where is this from?" Oh, I couldn't believe! It. I was really surprised that it was a British beer. Yeah, so now you need to order a, a, a Isle of Fiji rum with a banana beer bag. Well, you're not kidding. What do we know That's... about eagles? Are they are they native to the United no, there's States? There's eagles in, there eagles in, in Europe, in Europe, Europe yeah. everywhere. They're everywhere. Why are huh? looking at me like I'm the eagle? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I. <laughs> You're well. my inhuman Google. Yeah. <laughs> Please answer only this there question. Was a device. Wow. If yeah. only we, we all had, had computers computer in our pockets. Yeah, 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 wouldn't that be great? Mm. Uh, well, they can reach out to the stars for answers. Eagles, to... because of their feathers, they just look really smarmy. Like they got an attitude problem. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I can slick back up. What yeah. Are, what are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> they like they know well, they're don't cool forget, don't forget and the, 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 the hooked feet. Too. It looks like yeah. they're wearing a suit. Yeah, no you're, no, you're right. Eagles do look like they have a bit of an attitude. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. This is the and maybe rightfully needs so. To get clipped and put up as its I'm own sorry. thing, as its own porn thing, like uh, like Docs was suggesting earlier. Uh, so. I'm picturing the eagle now going up to the penguin there and saying, "What well, you think you're better than me?" Yeah. <laughs> bullies, the bullies of the sky. So I, we were talking about the banana, but I know I, I interjected this is that my wife absolutely hates it because I do that. She loves banana nut bread, and I can take her or leave it until she's actually purchased it. You know what I mean? And then I just take the top layer off. That's right. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, oh, none you're left. that guy. I'm that guy. Yeah. I did it. I did and you're it. still uh, married. Yeah. <laughs> Amazingly, yes. Well, Good for you. I, uh, I, I got to tell you, this is, this is delightful. And now yes. I want to go buy more. That's, and, that's and pretty good. And I will tell you, a lot of times when you get something as specialty-ish as banana bread beer, I'll say, well, that's really good. I'm glad I tasted it, but I don't want... To stock my refrigerator. No, this, 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 this I kind of do. Pretty solid. This is very, very sessionable, even. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's we, light. This is the third taste, and now I'm getting more banana than I'm getting banana at bread. You know the, the middle of a fudge bomb? It's mm. fudge, banana, fudge. Why do you just only eat middles and layers of food? <laughs> what is the deal? You know, this is interesting. You, just, you only like one part of every food that you eat. It's interesting because having you on, Adrian, we're finding out things about docs that we don't find out when you're not here. So specific. No, I'm picturing Mr. Doctor. Who ate the middle of all the fudge bombs? <laughs> you're the guy that goes through the bag of Tootsie Pops and gives Literally. them all five licks and then crunches them to get the center, right? Did you yeah. invent That's the Tootsie Pops? That's why they go tetter. Is this the where the Gardetto's mix doesn't from. have any rye chips left? Yeah. See, and you notice he corrected me, by the way. I said five licks. He immediately goes, no, it's, it's three. It's three. One, yeah. two, a two a three. Three. <laughs> three. I love that I'm not the only person in this room that knows what that reference is. We're uh, all I, old enough. We are. We are. <laughs> and and rapidly aging out of the group of people who will know 100%. Uh, any of that, that stuff. That was around but, the same time they had that song that was all about a heaping 
pumpkin slice of cheese. A hanker oh, for a hunk of cheese? Yes. Remember that? It was time for timer. Oh, man, Garf and I were talking about this the other day. It's like how bad it was for kids. It's like, hey, you hungry? Just eat a big piece of cheese. You'll be fine. Yeah, Don't worry about the rest of it. A hanker for a hunk of cheese. I missed this oh, in- yeah. completely. I She's from Wisconsin. She's like, I don't see the problem. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? That's not a meal? Yeah. No, it's not. It's something you wear on your head at sporting events. You know this. <laughs> hey, yeah. go pack go. Come she's, on. She's one of those, too. She's a uh, truth. So, so I won't ask you about, uh, uh, about Aaron Rodgers' future then, huh? He's dead to me. Oh. <laughs> Aaron who? All righty. Uh. Uh, well, may he have as good a luck at his next team as Russell Wilson's having this year. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's going to definitely perform as soon as he leaves. Uh, I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't be so sure. That's uh, that's what they said about Russell Wilson too. And right. it crab it cocktails and beer, ladies and gentlemen. It ain't going out like that. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back and do some more tasting here. And uh, I know Docs has got some goodies that he has not yet deigned to show us. So we'll see where he goes next. He's one of our few guests that we don't. Make him tell us what he's going to do. We just let him roll. That's so, true. Uh, kind of like that. We'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are glad you're here as we do show number 306. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And uh, by the way, uh, beer sales are up. However, they are not up to the same degree that spirit sales are up. In fact, beer has been losing market share to spirits for the past 12 years in the U.S., and spirits now dominate the uh, share on the liquor delivery app Drizzly. Have you used Drizzly, uh, by I've the way? I've never used I, it. I haven't used it either. But apparently, uh, it's really all about spirits. Um, the uh, major breweries, you know, the big ABs and those guys, are all trying to diversify their portfolio now to do hard seltzers and canned wine and canned cocktails. But the really interesting thing is that some of them are dropping the word brewing company from their name. Molson Coors Brewing Company is now just Molson Coors. Isn't that interesting? Huh. No. <laughs> no, it's not? No, I'm I'm shocked. I hope, I I hope it works for them. Are, are they suckering people? You know how to make. You know oh, how no, to no, make no, no, no. It's not coarse beer. It's just coarse. Enjoy. You know how to make a decent hard <laughs> seltzer. Yeah. You just buy one of those unsweetened uh, seltzer seltzer waters. Yeah. And put a little vodka in it. It's better it'll, than it'll work. everything you can buy. It'll work. I'm telling you, it'll work. Like uh, instantaneously uh, better. It doesn't have artificial sweetness. Terrible aftertaste stuff. Yeah. That it's that aspartame it's sweetener terrible. aftertaste Ugh, that keeps bro. me from buying into the whole seltzer thing. I, I kind of like them until I don't, because of that that flavor kind of creeping in that that mm-hmm. sweetener flavor. I, I I think it's starting to to fizzle a little bit. I, I think if there's two things we I saw blow through the roof. No, but, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a rim shot from going over there. I was like, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. So, uh, so uh, I, I do think it's starting to uh, slide off a little bit. That and the RTDs. I, I think uh, the ready to drink with, cocktails, with, right? with the shutdown, the COVID, and everybody was just so just I don't want to say desperate, but desperate just for a drink and that sort of thing. I think they you know, shot to the roof, and now it's starting to level out at least. I think with crack craft cocktails becoming so popular though, when people go out and try a good craft cocktail, and then they have an RTD and they go. Ooh, that's not the same. Yeah, no, and you're and then, right about that. And then a lot of 
good cocktails are really not that difficult to make with some very basic ingredients. Right. Mm-hmm. So why would you why would you get a ready to drink, you know, and instead of just mixing a couple things and having well, a Why would you have liquor delivered by Drizzly? No offense, no offense to the folks at Drizzly. Here, we love you. Um, but, <laughs> no, no, my thing is, I think it's too, I, I'm going to answer that question. There's two reasons, there's a reason why there's two kinds of people. There are those like myself who insist on going to the liquor store because I like to shop. I like right. to look around. I like to see what's <clears throat> new. No, I like 100%. To, yeah, uh, I, like I to smile at this, scoff at that. And it's the same thing with the drinks. Uh, I want to, even the, I like to challenge myself in drinks I haven't made before, that sort of thing. There is a consumer that just doesn't. They don't want right. to think about it. They don't want to put too much energy. They just want to drink. So the same people who are getting uh, delivery for liquor are the same ones that are into the RTD uh, cocktails. Right. Yeah. Th- that's probably very and there's true. There's also a lot of people out there who, you know, Bud Light is the only thing they ever drink or Miller Light, and that's the only thing they the only beer that's good right. for Right. They're not really interested in trying new ones to yeah. see if they might Those like are them sad better. <laughs> I could not agree Try more. Try to enjoy life. Those <laughs> but but yeah. it's one thing for me to have, like, you know, a bag of dog food delivered in the grocery order because that's not something I'm looking forward to going up and down the aisle and comparison shopping on, right? But when it comes to liquor, yeah, I love that trip yeah. down the aisles at Specs. Yeah. That, that is so much fun. You're looking around. You they always and they always come out. Can I help you find something? That's like no, I'm just looking, and I really am. That's that's mm-hmm. a big part of the fun of it, is kind of exploring and seeing what's there that you haven't seen, seeing you know whether you know things that you have been kind of looking for are in stock. That's that's so much fun. So I do. I always do. You know, when I go into a liquor store, I always do a mental inventory. I just kind of wander through and see what they have, pick up what I need, mm-hmm. do the same thing you know, mm-hmm. shop for. But mm-hmm. I always wander the aisles just for a mental inventory of what they kind of have and don't have in stock. Uh, one of the things I have noticed is that, and, and I, I can't figure out what they're going to do, because like at my specs, for example, where I shop most often, tequila is now an aisle and a half. Like it's one side <laughs> mm-hmm. and then half of the other side, right? When it used to be not even a whole side, right. you know, uh, it was tequila and then maybe mixers down at the end. Um, where are they going to go with, with stuff? Because there, if you go down the aisle now and look at where the cognacs are, there are Far more than there used to be yeah. to choose from. It's like, what's going away? That's what I'm curious about. Like, mm-hmm. where where is that space coming from if those things are expanding? Uh, and I don't know. I don't know whether they're maybe just packing fewer bottles at a time on the shelf of a particular thing, whereas it maybe used to be, you know, Jack Daniels times right. seven, yeah. and maybe it's now just times three or four, and then they have other other whiskeys next to it i don't know but in any case i know that uh there has seems like there's been an explosion of available cognacs and armagnacs and 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 these kind of spirits and you guys are kind of on the forefront of this thing because this is one of the coolest cognac bottles i have ever seen i love this this uh, this look and it's just so re- it makes it look like you're about to drink something very important uh, no, it does. It's got that parlor look to it with mm-hmm. uh, that, par- uh, so, as I call it, parlor red walls there. You feel like you're at a, a very posh place, about to have a, mm-hmm. a nice uh, spirit here. Okay, about this thing. Uh, I don't know where to start. I'm so excited. So, uh, <laughs> um, well, I was in uh, at uh, Bonbonnet. That's our, our, our chateau in, in France. Um, when you say our chateau, you mean. Uh, Pierre Mine and Adrian's. We, we okay. Went, we went, we went, we went <laughs> That's what I was asking about. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, she gets it every Thursday and Tuesday, and I get it the rest of the year. I see. So, uh, 
No, it's 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 at it's Alexandre's home. He lives in. You've heard me tell the story. He lives in one room there. Yeah. But it's 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 the uh, uh, it's the command center of uh, Maison Ferrand. That's mm-hmm. where all the work is done right there at Chateau Bambonet. But uh, I was there with some of our distributor people uh, this past uh, late September, and I went to go pick up my sample bottles, and I wasn't sure whether this one would be there or not. Uh, and so as I'm opening up the boxes of the various things that we're going to you know uh, be drinking over the next three days, I find. The bottle is actually in its nice red case there, and there's a video of me like. I do that in the Isle of Specs, so yeah. I understand what you're talking about. I mean, they're, they're, that video does exist somewhere, but what this is, this is the 10 generations uh, uh, Instagram. <laughs> it's the 10 generations uh, year of the rabbit uh, release. It's for a Lunar New Year coming up uh, in 2023. Um, so uh, this is uh, what that's what I got in order to begin here. We wanted something different. Uh, the cognac market. Uh, um, uh, there, there's a, there, there's a lot of brands out there that do fancy packaging for Lunar New Year. We want something fancy product for Lunar New Year. Actually, mm-hmm. offer something special that we have not done before. With this, this is going to be our 10 generations cognac, where 20% of the cognac is aged entirely in Sauterne cast, like the original mm-hmm. uh, 10 generations. We want the white label, but this one's going to spend an extra year in a port cask. Look at the color, and you can't see it here in, on the camera, but here in the studio, look at it. It's like a copper. It, it, it's, it's, it's got a tint to it. That you can mm-hmm. see that rubiness. Very much a copper color, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And on the nose there, oh, that port's right on top. Yeah. Right on top. It is very top. port. Yeah. That port grape sort of a, yeah. uh, of a, of a, of a smell. Um, that, it's got. You know, I, it's just, it is so rich on the nose. Uh, a lot of times with with a number of different spirits, you you know, you get the aromas, you get the notes. But this has this underlying, like, you know this is just, it's kind of like when you take that first taste of a really rich uh, dessert, mm-hmm. and it's different from other desserts. You can tell there's just, wow, it's thick, it's mm-hmm. rich. And that's what I get on the nose from this, just a a promise that there's some real underlying heft here. So this has a big mouthfeel to it as well. Like, it's really, really, really fulfilling. It's velvety. It's rich. What the thing about this thing is that when I first on the nose, I was afraid. Now I'm afraid uh, that the port may have too much of an influence on the cognac there, and Mm -hmm. it may not taste very cognac-y. It's not a problem. That 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 port nose is very prevalent right there on top. But in my opinion, this one tastes more like cognac than the original Ten Generations. The original Ten Generations is delicious. (laughs) It's one of our favorites. But. But I've always called I've always called the original ten generations that 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 single malt drinkers cognac because it has an inexplicable graininess to it, that mm-hmm. reminiscent of an unsmoked or unpeated uh, American single malt. Um, you know, still cognac, but it just had that it had that that uh, sort of element to it. This one does not. This one is cognac from top to bottom, top to bottom here. Yeah, it's very uh, very rich, very deep. The flavors seem to run very deep on the palate. I do get the port more up front, and then it finishes more like a cognac, mm-hmm. uh, or, or more of a cognac, uh, traditional cognac flavor. Um, Ian, you haven't said much. Your thoughts I, I, on this? There's an underlying kind of, and it's it's in the background, but almost an underlying chocolatiness to this. Oh, absolutely. That uh, that is 
So good. And I, I didn't know if when I put a splash of water in it, if it was going to make it go away. And it actually, I think, bumped it up a, a, have, a yeah. tiny bit. Because I can get it's that. It's really good. The grapiness is so, like, straightforward in this. It's so nice. And it's got such a velvety kind of, I, like, I love the word mm-hmm. you use, velvety kind of, silky kind of feel to it. But It's almost like a red velvet cake sort of a vibe right. to it. You it's know? heavy. It's yeah. chewy. Yeah. No, you're not wrong because the visual this, is definitely like that, but the mouth, yeah, yeah. yeah. This makes me want a cigar, like big time. Oh, yeah, like a for cigar sure. With this well, that is seven points on the board in my book, my friend. <laughs> we we want to get you to light up in studio. I think we've done that before. Yeah, <laughs> no. I think the sprinklers come on automatically <laughs> oh, is what man. happens. Uh, so no, but this is this is really. Uh, I keep saying the word rich. That's the word that keeps coming back to to uh, my brain on this, um, but in a really good way. It's like, you know, there's sometimes when you eat something, and it's rich. You go, oh, that's too rich for me. Right? Like, I, I don't. Then there's other times when it's just, oh, it's so satisfying. And this is what that. But this hits is for this me. is that kind of rich where small bites are just right, but you want to keep doing it. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to say it. Yeah, you're doing small bites, but boy, do you want another one. Yeah. It makes me want to check out for the day. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm done. I'm drinking now. And it lingers a bit too, in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Like it lingers in the way that makes you like think about it and like there like, is a, really enjoy the, the the. There is a small taste. and gentle cognac hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it lingers in a good way, not in a bad way. Like Nick mm-hmm. Telemontes when there's kolaches at a meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great uh, expression. Wait, have you been holding on to that one for a while, uh, or was that, was that off the top of your head? It, it, may, it may be recycled. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to do a we need to do some sort of event, a cognacathon. Yeah. Oh, I like the cognacathon. Yeah. Cognacathon. Oh, one more thing about this one. This one is eighty-eight proof as opposed to the ninety-two proof of the original ten generations. Mm, also. Interesting. So, is this now available? If so, how widely? No, it's on a boat. It's on a boat. It's on a boat. And that's not just a, a not just a song. It's song. a it's, it's, in the mail. It's, it's, it's literally on a boat, waiting for it to clear cut, waiting for it to get into the port of Houston. Right now, it's been a real uh, nightmare this year. Just the ports are backed up in France and they're backed up in Houston. So just getting things uh, from France to uh, to our warehouses here, or I should say the you know distributors warehouses, has been uh, it's been a chore this year. But so, so when this does thing. hit the shelves, is know. it? Uh, like gone in sixty seconds type of thing? No, no, no. We should. Uh, mm. It's it's limited, but we're talking about maybe two hundred and twenty cases for the whole state. We'll see. Okay. You know, I mean, look, uh, uh, if it's something that uh, um, if if it takes off for the actual Lunar New Year, maybe it'll go by then. But I don't think so. I I, I think it's something that. Uh, um, oh, know. I thought you meant Nicholas Cage was going to rush out and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> there is that possibility. <laughs> Yeah, Wait, well, I'm, I'm rewinding it. Why Nicholas Cage? What did he say? What Gone did he in say? 60 seconds. Thank you. Okay, there it was. I was like, is <laughs> there, was there a, the rock? Was there something about the rock? Was there something about Con Air? I'm rewinding Angelina it. Right. By the way, let me just stop and say this. If you have not seen that Nicholas Cage the movie, unbearable the unbearable weight of massive talent, unbelievably great. It is it's so freaking good. good. So good. His I best work. Lo- it is his best work yeah. by far. And, and that is topping. What I always held as his best work up until then, which was Raising Arizona, but, which I absolutely loved. But uh, but no, this is this is it's better. So good, and you can, it's hard to describe to people. Uh, yeah, you you really <laughs> ju- just see it. It's, it's one of those. Just trust me and see it. My first thought was the ending. I was like, this is so hokey, but that's what Nick Cage movies were. Yes, that's it exactly right. It's a hundred percent. And uh, before we saw the movie, we saw him on a talk show or a clip of him on a talk show. 
uh, you know, just talking about it. And he was delightful. I'm like, okay. I, I always like make fun of this guy when we're reading stories about him being, you know, drunk in the lobby of a restaurant in in Vegas. But he, I loved the interview. And maybe when he's not doing the, that, yeah, he he made me want to see the the movie even more. And the movie was just absolutely totally worth it. Oh, you got to see it hilarious. if you haven't. Maybe Chris Hart can get All us his number. Right, I guess. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he probably can. Come on, big shot, Chris Hart. Get Nick Cage in touch with us today. Yeah, yeah. I please. want Nick Cage Valley Girls back. I, uh, I can't. Uh, I can't move on, move past it. Uh, well, I understand that. Yeah. Some things, some things are seared into your brain, and they Still can never there. leave. If there's, if there's one thing that can always derail a con- uh, conversation here, it's, it's Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yes. I think you're right, and it's a good idea for us to probably take a break now because nothing we do immediately <laughs> after this is going to feel like it's on the rails. So, uh, so let's do take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. We still got drinking news ahead, and I still got to tell you about these cocktails for the holidays. Plus, there's more to taste from. Plantation and uh, Maison Ferrand. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Wow, that was awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> oh. We must do that again. That was great. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. We are uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And here at smoking and Toastin', we do our own very uh, high-tech sound effects. So you've just given us a great one there. Thank you. My bad. Appreciate it. No, it was wonderful. That was it was not your bad at all. That was cool. absolutely wonderful. So I, uh, you guys know that I have, uh, on a number of occasions, extolled the virtues of a great website called Liquor.com. And I'm going to encourage you to go there and look up the recipes for any of these that sound interesting to you because they're all there, but I'm not going to take the time to read you the recipes for each one. They have a great uh, a, a great article that I stumbled across about 11 essential cocktails for your December parties. Uh, these drinks will make your festive season even more fun, so no matter what holidays you celebrate, whether it's uh, you know uh, Christmas or Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Festivus for the rest of us, you will find yourself uh, in in good good hands with some of these cocktails. Number one on their list is Uncle Angelo's Eggnog, where they say they take your typical December eggnog up a notch with this recipe, and it is a uh, perfect one for a crowd or if you're hosting family or friends. Uh, there is a bit of a prep process on this, but they say it is absolutely well worth it. There's a recipe for a Buena Vista Irish coffee which does sound really are interesting. You a, to me. Are you a eggnog fan? Um, I am not really an eggnog fan. However, I will have one at holiday time uh, if I'm someplace and somebody pretty, else has made it. You know what I mean? It's pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I, just, I got one named after me. <laughs> Doc's Nog. Doc's oh, Nog. Really? I, I, wrote, I don't know if I did this. Is show. there a story? Uh, uh, it's called Doc's Nog. Of course, there's a story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just my friends over at Rosewater and and, uh, um, and, and Clear Lake. They uh, use the ten generations and uh, OFTD rum and and the, and the uh, eggnog, and so they were just paying homage to one of their favorite French spirits, oh, guys. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's like I bet I drink at most about a half an eggnog a year. You know, it's just mm-hmm. because you're right. It is pretty full and big. But, you know, it's part of the holiday festivities. It's like uh, you would never find me eating fruitcake in uh, July. But I'll have a slice at the holidays if people are I interested. Like Christmas whiskey. It looks just like whiskey. 
<laughs> All right, I'm with you. How about a Buena Vista Irish coffee? Uh, you know, uh, I, I love Irish coffee because if you're talking about the Irish, it's basically coffee and liquor. Right. So, so that's always a good thing. There's a drink they uh, have here called the Whiskey Skin. It's a simplified and traditional take on a hot toddy. So that's something you might want to look into. The Coletti Royale, which i got to admit looks absolutely delicious in the photo on Liquor.com. Uh, they use wintry blood oranges, and it's a December-appropriate take on the margarita. So that sounds, that sounds really interesting to me. I may have to learn how to make that one. Uh, there's the Anyogo, which is a San Francisco uh, cocktail, a new spin on eggnog. There's the Blue Blazer. It's a classic concoction, they say. Cask strength, scotch whiskey, sugar, and boiling water. But they say this, uh, this one is one they recommend for advanced home bartenders only. So I won't be trying this one. Don't boil the whiskey. I've 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 uh, I've mastered the uh, the gimlet and the uh, and the dirty martini, but that's about as far as I've gotten so far. So uh, I'll, I'll leave that one to the experts. There's the spiced rum milk punch, which looks in the photo very much like a, a sort of a supercharged white Russian is nice. what is what it kind of looks like. Uh, there's boozy hot chocolate, which looks delicious. Uh, I don't you combine see anything wrong with that? Chopped bits of semi-sweet chocolate, heated milk, and the spirit of your choice. They say you really can't go wrong with any <laughs> spirit at this point. Although we'd suggest they say rum or even green chartreuse. Uh, don't forget to top so it off with a pile of mini marshmallows for this most decadent treat. I, I'm definitely making that one. Uh, there's the French Connection, uh, which is uh, a lot like a Godfather. It's a simple two-ingredient drink. While the Godfather calls for whiskey as its base, uh, this one does cognac instead and combines it with amaretto. Uh, they say it is more than the mere sum of its two parts. Then there's the apple toddy. They say not every drinker will be willing to bake some apples in order to make this war uh, warming winter drink, but going that extra length will get you a wonderfully flavorful and flagrant, uh, fragrant, so flagrant. not flagrant, <laughs> but <very> fragrant <laughs> classic cocktail. You, you know, uh, I just want to point out, baking apples is pretty easy. You put them in the oven with cinnamon on them and forget about them. Yeah. And then, and then when you come back, they will be back. It could, it could be a great way to make I mean, Think how great your house is going to smell right? if you do that, right? Yeah, when you go. It's going to smell amazing. What did I leave in the oven? Yeah. That's when they're like, done. Somebody's going to come over and go, what candle are you burning? I've got to get that one. Like, no, this, is, this is actual baked apples. And uh, once you do it, then you have this. You muddle half a baked apple with sugar. Then you stir in boiling water and the spirit of your choice they recommend Applejack, Cognac, or Bourbon, and top it with grated nutmeg, and you'll be glad you took the time to bake them apples. So uh, you can check that out. Finally, I can the see Cognac going real well with that. The winter set. By the way, we are saying Cognac and not Cognac, just so we're clear on any of this. <laughs> we want to steer clear of any of the recent stuff. Uh, <laughs> there's the winter sour. Uh, while when a cocktail is described as a sour, they say it's saying more than just that drink will make you pucker up. So sours follow the same template, uh, bringing together spirit, citrus, sweetener, and sometimes an egg white to make a simple but delicious drink that hits all the right notes. This one is uh, a drink that originated in San Francisco, and it uses Campari, Meyer lemon juice, honey syrup, egg white, and rosemary for a sour that's bitter, sweet, silky, and perfect for the season. So there's... If any of those sounded interesting to you, they've got recipes for all of them in this uh, in this article at Liquor.com. So I'm really thinking about making this uh, this boozy hot chocolate. That sounds I'm so good. I'm into that. There's one that I do for Suzanne. We, we call it caroling 
uh, uh, Coco, even though we don't actually carol. But we do. Uh, <laughs> we, we get on the golf cart and we go uh, look Here around. Here we come a drinking. Yeah. Heard of it? Yes. So, no. <laughs> so, so we, uh, we'll go and look at the Christmas lights in the various neighborhoods and that right, sort right. of thing. And what she likes is the hot chocolate with uh, OFTD and just a little bit of the dry curacao. Oh, yeah, I bet that's good. Nice. I bet it, that's it works good. well. It works yeah. well. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I know in the holidays people are always looking for something new to try. You're having a holiday party. You're looking for something to... Uh, you know, to put out there that's new. Uh, so this is a great list. And for those of you wondering what the OFTD is, that's one of the plantation realms. Yes, <laughs> the OFTD. All right, so I have not had a chance to try this yet, but Ian has poured us uh, some of Fat Randy's IPA. This is from Golden, Colorado, uh, from the Holiday Brewing Company. It's, it's uh, gluten-free, too, just oh, so you know. Okay, that's good. That's good. Because sometimes when I go to restaurants, I really decide to splurge and I ask for extra gluten. How is it gluten-free? Uh, I don't know, but there are a number of beers now that that say that they're gluten-free. 100% gluten-free ingredients. Water, millet, buckwheat, yeast, and hops. Uh, it does, however, make an oddly good beer. I was going to say, it's, it's I just took the first sip. It's, it's really quite good. It's got a long finish to it. Yes, though. it does. It like, does not Now, I, know, I remember you're not an IPA guy. That is wow! Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> but but how does something like this? Does this hit you kind of like most IPAs hit you? Uh, yeah, it did. Okay. It did. Uh, I had a feeling and, it would. And I was going to go to the old adage of "Don't say anything at all." But uh, you yeah. started it. So. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Yeah. I, well. So, <laughs> so listen. But but the, but that's important because um, I I am an IPA guy. Ian's not necessarily, but there are certain ones that he it's really be real good. really likes and recognizes, and then. And then there's people who are even a step back beyond him that they say, yeah, I don't really like IPAs. But we've had some that even those people, when they were guests, said, I don't like IPAs, but I do like this. So there's several different variations or gradations, I guess. So I'm I'm not a docs. I hate IPA guy, but, you know, I'm not a... I'm not a cruise loving IPAs all the time. Kind yeah, of yeah. You're, I get a little annoyed when I walk into a brewery and I see seven different IPAs and mm. then maybe one lager and nothing like mm-hmm. a porter or a, you know. Well, like but their some only of them, concession to something different is a stout. Well, come some, on, but, guys. But some of them, that's, that's kind of that's kind of what they specialize in. And you got other some guys, of them. That's you like got other guys 90% like, like Klaus them. that don't even have one. Klaus is such an exception, and I love them for that. Well. In any case. Uh, hungry for adventure and thirsty for a world-class American IPA, Fat Randy journeyed to the land where Buffalo Rome. He pairs his aromatic, easy-drinking IPA with close friends uh, and the great outdoors. A toast to Fat Randy, the man, the myth, the legend. Well, I don't know who he I is. I did um, this. It's, it, you know, it's drinkable. I, I wouldn't reach out for this can a bunch of times, but you hand it to me, and it's fine. It's drinkable. I, don't, <laughs> I just want to apologize to all my hopheads out there for the for the... The hot lack bashing. Of, for the lack of enthusiasm for a really good IPA. This is delicious. <laughs> I understand if you don't like IPAs. Like, I get that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm a little surprised that you don't like You this haven't one said more. anything. I also don't like IPAs. Oh, well, that explains <laughs> So it's interesting because IPA, IPA is really what made craft beer explode. It was when IPAs took off that craft beer when, really... When made, IPAs very first started becoming, like, Brews were making it. It was so different and so uh, so polarizing. I actually drank a lot of IPAs back then because that was the only different thing there was out there. Well, and they are, I got sick of them. But they are really polarizing. They're the, it's sure. definitely more so than almost any other style I can think of. I mean, I can't think of another style of beer where 
I've heard nearly as many people say, I don't like stouts or I don't like, you know, uh, 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 Hefeweizens. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about IPA that it's either a love it or hate it uh, thing. For most people, you're in the middle, which is, I think, well, kind of unusual. Well, it's got to be really good. And this, to me, is it's okay. It's not... It's not, you know. Well, so so let's let's finish it off this way then. If you are someone who generally likes IPAs, I think you should try this because I think it's well worth your time. If you're somebody who's kind of on the fence, this is probably Man. not one that's going to win you over. So there you go. It's an IPA like any other. No, it's not like any other. <laughs> that's completely untrue. See, you know, you, you can't go there. Okay. Let me. I'll let you have the last word on that. Well, just, uh, just it's not. I like the banana beer of, better than I like the IPA. This is one of those things that's not going to change anyone's mind. Would you give it a five? Well, if we're talking about on the uh, on the same scale as that, we talk about cigars. Yeah, I'd absolutely give it a five. Thank you. That's a compliment. I'd absolutely give it a five. Well, I don't know that I'd give me a three. I don't know if I'd give it a seven, but I think it's. Uh, but again, but that that scale is really more about what it's worth, and so that would mean. I'm comparing it to other IPAs I can get at the same price. And sure, I would absolutely drink this. Is it my favorite? No. Is it a long like yellow Art rose? I like a lot better than no. that. See, I don't know about what I may like that better than Artcar. But I don't like it better than, uh, like, St. Arnold's uh, uh, Juicy IPA. Hmm. So it just depends, like, it depends on where your tastes line up. But I like Christmas wise. Ale a whole lot better than that. Christmas Ale is good, but I, I don't necessarily <laughs> like it more than I like this. But again, that's I love hoppy beers. So that's that's kind of where I come from in in all of this. In fact, every now and then when I go to the beer fridge, if I haven't restocked, I'll go to the beer fridge and I'll open it up and be a little disappointed. It's like, oh, uh, so, 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 I don't have any more IPAs left. Uh, that's that's just my go-to. And it has been. See, I'm so opposite. I'm like, oh, right. all I got left is all IPAs. All I got left is IPAs. <laughs> no, I, no, I, no, I understand. But it has been ever since Harpoon IPA changed my life back, you know, when I was in my 20s. So this there you like go. This is like an O. Henry Christmas story. You switch them out. Yeah. So you'll shoot your eye out with that IPA. Uh, all right, Have you let's, seen there's a Christmas story, too, coming Yeah, out? yeah there is. That. That, that can't. There's something about that that's just not right. It's got to be bad, but it's I'm going to watch bad. it. It's got to it on the Hallmark Channel to begin with? I'm going to watch it. So the Hallmark Channel. You're guaranteed a, a certain <laughs> level of melodrama and a certain you know level of kind of manufactured happy ending. I will send them a strongly worded fun card if it doesn't <laughs> bring should, a tear to my you eye. Should, you should totally, Did you just threaten the you Hallmark You should yes, totally right. do that. Yeah, you heard I it here. I will draw it myself. Gentlemen. You heard it here. Uh, all right, what else are we tasting here, Docs? What's next? <laughs> Oh, let's go to extremes. I was hoping you were going to point let's to that Let's go to bottle. extremes. Yes, I was hoping for you were going to point right? to that bottle. Yeah. Okay, so this is the... Uh, as Billy Joel, after, after our Hallmark moment about at, IPAs. As Billy Joel once said, I don't know why I go to extremes. So this is a fun little ditty we call the uh, Extreme uh, release number five, and it goes a little bit like this. Adrian. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so the Extremes line changes every year. This mm -hmm. year, they were all from Barbados. Um, we want to feature our distillery, the West Indies Rum Distillery. Um, so this is one of the three offerings in, in our um, so yeah, in the lineup. Really is. The distillation date is 2007. Um, this is a blend of column and pot still. Um, that label is the artist that we were talking about earlier, Alex Mars. Oh, right. And you said you do this every year. You feature one of the distilleries every year. Right? Nope. Usually it's uh, multiple distilleries. Usually okay. it's it it varies. Um, obviously, we're going to try and support 
our partners in Jamaica as often as possible. Sure, and right. we want to show off what we do in Barbados as well. So there's always going to be a lot of Jamaica and Barbados in the lineup. Um, but this year it was all Barbados. Um, so bold choice, but we had three very unique offerings. And this one is 2007, um, has three different agings. Uh, so two years, the first two years in ex-bourbon barrel in Barbados, 10 years in um, France and also bourbon barrels, and then two more years in cognac barrel. And is there, when you're deciding what kind of barrels and how long mm-hmm. for something like this, how much of it is a science versus, well, let's try this? Oh. Uh- That's a good question. It is a little bit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely intentionality. You know, when we talk about the single cask line and we have third agings, you know, not every spirit is going to play well. Like the Fiji that's coming out in Mm -hmm. Roselier French single malt whiskey cask Mm -hmm. might not be a great finish for a rum that's a little more subtle or something very light on the palate. Something from like maybe Panama wouldn't taste so great with like a very strong finish that way. So there is intentionality on barrel choices. Um, and it, it just depends. And you know just in in general what kind of characteristics a particular barrel, whatever was aged in it before, is going to bring to that spirit when you put the spirit in there. So right. you, you're at least kind of pointing in directions. Right. The, the ex-bourbon you know. barrel is standard for rum production because mm-hmm. there's just a, a huge amount of, you know, single-use uh, whiskey barrels that make their way to the Caribbean and beyond. Um, so bourbon barrel is kind of the standard for rum. Um, what we do beyond barrel um, for bourbon varies. We obviously have a ton of cognac barrels because we're cognac producers. And right. when we launched the brand in 1999, that was the signature, is that we love the way the rum tastes. The rum with tasted the, in cognac Not barrels, just sure. two different yeah. barrels, but also two different climates. Right. Let, so. me, let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, you guys have a pretty good supply of cognac barrels. But besides that, with with the explosion in these very specialty craft spirits, which we're seeing so much more of on every front, whether it's you know whiskeys or whether it's rums or, or other spirits, um, is it getting harder and harder to find the barrels that you're looking for, whether it's uh, ex-bourbon barrels or, or others? It's or is there still a good supply out there? Still a great supply of ex-bourbon barrels, for sure. Yeah. Um, because, yes, with more craft, they're also trying to keep up with the Joneses and mm-hmm. a single-use barrel is still a single-use barrel. Got it. Um, but with, you know, some of the finishes that we've done for single cask, those can be really limited. I mean, some of the wines that we've used um, are just tiny production, right? Pinot de Chiron is not a thing in the U.S. Like, there are very few producers um, even importing that into the U.S. market. So when we do a finish with a Pinot de Chiron cask or, um, yeah, some of these, like, small wine producers and you know, Eastern Europe, like that's, that's pretty specific. And, Mm -hmm. um, we are fortunate to have relationships with producers all over the world. So we, you know, we won't run out of those relationships Mm -hmm. certainly, but yes, it would be tough. And I don't don't know the answer to this question, honestly. So I thought I would ask you, is there any legitimate use to a barrel the second time? I know you talk about single use barrels. Is there anything left once you've Use oh, that yeah. single-use barrel, and and if so, what what's the difference? Obviously, the initial flavors are not going to be as strong, but what happens to those barrels? Do they get used again in other ways? Oh yeah, the the barrels. I mean, in general, 
people will hold on to barrels until they uh, become dust. You know, the mm-hmm. the trees are um, not just a commodity, right? We have to mm-hmm. protect climate change and we have to protect our resources. So you're going to use a barrel for as long as you can. Um, French oak especially, a lot of those barrels are uh, almost entirely made by hand. Um, so it's, it's a craft and a respect to that craft. Um, with the whiskey barrels that come into the Caribbean, I mean, they've only been aged for two to four years. Uh, you know, there's right. plenty of life left in that barrel. Um, but it, it varies, you know. I think everyone tries to hold on to their barrels as long as possible. But in France, if we notice a barrel is not imparting enough flavor, we might restave it. We will um, have it restaved with new staves and, and old staves, so it's still mm-hmm. getting some some action uh, we might retoast the top do, like, yeah i was gonna say do they get recharred we don't do char in france um it's toasting levels uh charring is really beneficial for american oak but yeah. it it kind of ruins the beauty of french oak okay so we don't do char um out there but we do we will retoast a, a barrel we might put a new lid on it and mm-hmm. with a different toast level um we might move it to a different warehouse we have a dry cellar and a humid cellar so we're a, we're always like tinkering with the the products and making sure that they're getting the finish they need from you're, the barrel. You're right, Doc. She's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, I noticed you just wait, kind of sitting wait, here like. So, yeah, so this is the only time Doug I've ever remember. heard him not talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's because I promised her I wouldn't. No, but that, that, so we all got here to talk about the redouage before. That's what that process is. Okay, mm-hmm. that's like the, you know removing the, the uh, some staves. It's a simple process of just uh, replacing like a few staves re- rejuvenates life into a barrel. Mm-hmm. Right, and, we'll and they use that word. You know, lavage is also a word sometimes applied to raising children. Right, like we're we're creating this experience. You're you're not just like setting it and forgetting it. That's not spirit production, and it's certainly not a master blender's job either. So the the real task is to watch the spirit grow and hope that it's, you know, guiding it into I the love, right position. I love that analogy, though. That's so cool. Your extreme rum is so punchy. and I haven't tasted it yet, but I am, I'm loving the yeah. nose so much. So it's a it's a blend. It's column way. and pot still. The, the pot still on this is really unique. Uh, I, if y'all have been to um, rum-producing countries, the, the still types vary very widely. You mm-hmm. know, um, and we have a pot still there that uh, was built in the 19th century, and it still works. We purchased it in the 50s. It's called the Greg Farm, um, affectionately known as the Greg Farm pot still. And uh, it, it looks like, I wish I could show you a picture of it, but it, it looks like um, Talk from Return to Oz. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but it's very industrial looking. Like It has like a weird, like rotund shape. Um, and it's painted in silver, uh, it, it, but it's a workhorse, and it has a really special flavor that I think is undeniable and present in everything from West Indies rum distillery. So I tasted it neat, and it's so funky rum and 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 rubbery and that all those things that I love. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse you. Um, uh, and then I put a few drips of water in it, and and the vanilla popped like mm. almost instantly. Interesting. I'm going to say neat. It, it's it's got two things that are very distinct to me. The first, and I don't know if I've ever described a rum this way, but it's almost buttery mm-hmm. up front. Absolutely. Now that that's that, that's not uncommon. I, I I can think of about a vintage uh, we had of a 2002 Jamaican uh, that that just right off the nose it was straight butter. Mm. Interesting. This, this one, uh, I, I think it's like I, I described this one, but back to the extreme, I. 
call it a very chewy rum. It really gets mm-hmm. in the teeth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's it, you feel it in the teeth. You feel it in the whole palate and that sort of thing. You know. But and then the the heat. Yeah, there's no escaping the it once you take a sip. Is just wonderful. It's got this almost like electric quality to it. Mm-hmm. The, the way that the way that it. Uh, uh, it stays on the palate and just kind of sizzles there for a moment. It's really so, wonderful. I had a friend of mine over at the house. Um, this was actually just a few months ago. And uh, he was exploring my whiskey and spirit collection. And he's like, oh, you like rum? And I was like, well, yeah, I like rum enough. <laughs> and I want to go ahead and just point directly to you two because this is your fault. <laughs> and And I started showing him the rum. And I had somewhere in the neighborhood of... 12, 13 different bottles of really good rum. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, maybe I do really like rum. <laughs> I didn't know that about myself. Well, see, when we started the show, you weren't as much into rum. Right, but the I show, you know, in, in, the, in, the, um, in the self-exploring way and the soul-searching way has brought me around to where, you know, rum good. Yeah, rum good. Rum I good. like it. I like the way. So I just you... want to say thank you, guys. Apparently, I'm a rum guy too. Well, you're welcome. I think I, you are. But now I want to see your collection. I want to know what your definition of good rum is. Well, other than what the one you're holding right now. Having seen your collection, that's so, going to be tough. To I'll talk. go ahead. <laughs> I'll go ahead and tell you that there's quite a few uh, plantation bottles in that collection. Okay, that's all we need to know. Back to the show, folks. <laughs> I, and I'll tell you about my rum collection. It's small. Because at our house, the rum doesn't the last. The rum goes fast. Rum doesn't last. <laughs> so our well, collection, as say, it were, is relatively small. That can't be from a lack of trying, I can assure oh, you. No, I, I, That's just the pandemic talking. Didn't, didn't Get back that, out there. Specs is waiting. Didn't mean that at all. All right, so I just gave this one a drop of water, and I have to say, I like it better neat. In, in a lot of oh. cases... When you you know when you add the drop of water, the, it kind of expands the flavors. And maybe I added too much, but I felt like I almost diluted so the flavors. The water to me uh, made the vanilla pop from the uh, from the finishing on it, and um, I, I actually kind of like it. Tamped down some of the rum funkiness that I got. I guess I'm uh, missing the water, that, and maybe. I like the rum funkiness anyway. So you know, here on Smoking and Toasting, we like want the funk. funk. We do want. Gotta the have funk. Funk. Gotta have maybe. that. Funk. Gotta, I gotta, gotta tell you, uh, like I, that was one of those weird. Fla- I don't even know how to describe it other than funk, but it's one of those weird flavors that uh, I love in rum. I absolutely love it. Like when you get that rum funk and that rubbery stuff. I love yeah. that stuff. Adrian, mm. with with all of the different things that you do for your company. Is there is there a favorite part? Like, what do you what do you enjoy the most out of all the stuff oh. that you do? Do you enjoy the history? Do you enjoy the sampling? Yeah, for I've, me it'd be the sampling, but I don't want to. <laughs> it's it's fun, you know. The highlight of my job um, is that every visit you get to kind of change people's minds mm-hmm. about rum, right? The, we have rum from everywhere in the lineup, which makes my job really fun and exciting, but also means that I have an opportunity to show somebody. Something that they'll like. And if you don't love super high ester, funky Jamaican rum, I'm sure you'll love something else. We'll just find it. If it's from Peru or Panama or Fiji or Jamaica, Barbados. And like, are there are there common misconceptions about rum? In other words, you yes. when you come across somebody that, that isn't really into rum because... What is that because usually about? Well, I think people look at rum and they frame rum in a conversation or a context or, I guess, a lens of the way they understand whiskey. Mm-hmm. And they are very different, right? The, the 
One being no that question. rum is made literally all over the world because molasses is shelf stable. Mm -hmm. So if you're using molasses as your base and not sugar cane juice, you can literally, you know, you can distill and make rum in Alaska if you wanted to. Um, good I also old Alaskan think, rum. Yeah. Remember how good that was? The old Alaskan <laughs> rum. Um, but I think the, the misconceptions that it is always sweet is one. I also think that people shy away from drinking young rum because they think that spirits have to be aged thanks right. to whiskey. A, yeah. um, so, you know, the whiskey head are like looking for a 15 year old bottle of rum and in my opinion okay it's just an opinion um i think because aggressively aging in, in tropical climates um is going to part impart a lot of oak it's much heavier than a bourbon in kentucky mm -hmm. right so we're we're talking about we're comparing apples and oranges they're completely different spirits and i think we should be in encouraging people to try young rum unaged rum rum from different countries and find out what they like if it's you know just all that that's segue. Oh, young, right. young rum right here. It's, 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 it's only four years old. I thought I smelled the segue. Yes. All right. So I tell you what, we're going to get into that in the next uh, in the next break because or in the next segment because we do have to take a break and we also have to do a little something that we like to refer to as drinking news and that's coming up. So uh, uh, still more to come. More tasting some young rum and then do you have besides the young rum? Do you have old rum or is there? So there'll be a comparison. We'll be able to give yeah, it a side compare by side. and contrast if I you want love to. Doing <laughs> and both contrast. And if you pour uh, some of the old rum into the young rum, you have middle-aged rum. I like that. We'll try all of those <laughs> or things a crisis. when we come back. Yes, I think it will be a crisis. <laughs> the look of the horrified look on his face is worth that. Just freeze that on rum. the camera while the we take a break. The doesn't last as long as it used to. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Smoking and Toastin'. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. The uh, co-host on the other side of the room is Mr. Ian Barry. We have Jong on the controls today, Jong Lee, and Adam is our producer in the sky. Thank you, Adam, for putting all this together post. Um, it's the... Um, it's the 306th edition of this program, 305 of which exist and are out there in the interwebs, uh, one of whom was deemed uh, unworthy for broadcast by a uh, former producer who has since been fired. Uh, so, um, but there's 305 of these you can find, including today's uh, episode. So you can go back and listen to all the old ones and hear how dumb we used to be about things like rum back in the beginning <laughs> and, and how much we've learned over time. I was, I was thanks to this. our friends like Docs. I, I, I really, we were more like just rum good. And now we kind of understand some things about it. So it's a, so it, it's, it's like a wonderful thing. Uh, this, I just want to say before we get into drinking news, this plantation Barbados Extreme Series. 2007. That is a fantastic, fantastic rum. Is this something that's still out there? Uh, yeah, it just landed. In fact, uh, I don't even think it's left the uh, R&DC warehouse yet. So, to be clear, it's going to be a 2007, mm -hmm. a 2000, and a 1986. And how much different would we expect those other years, those other vintages to be? Uh, a couple of car payments. <laughs> no, I actually was talking about the taste, the taste, but I get it. Yeah, I don't know. I've uh, never tasted the 1986. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, so, uh, so speaking of a few car payments, what would this one set me back? Most likely, two fifty. Two fifty. It's yeah. worth it, people. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it is absolutely you worth can it. Double that up for the two thousand and for the uh, nineteen eighty six. You can 
expect to pay around fifteen, eh, seventeen hundred to two thousand dollars for that one. So, what is the market for rums at that price range? Is is it something that will uh, that will sell out very quickly, even though it's you know kind of ultra expensive? Or, you know, I, I don't think it'll sell quickly, honestly, just because there's no um, there's no alert to let people know it's out there, other than what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those things that there's a certain treasures that people are going to have to kind of trip over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it, lots it, of listeners it, with it, very it, deep pockets, just so you know. Except that 1986, there's only going to be six bottles for the entire region, oh, six okay. bottles, and one of them is already committed to Oklahoma. Uh, and yeah, so, so that means there's going to be five of them roaming around out there. Well, are you going to we, buy your own? No. <laughs> well, we have listeners with deep pockets, and and for that matter, my pockets are very deep. They're empty, but they're very deep. So, uh, so there you go. All right, uh, you've been here before for this, uh, Docs. It'll be your first time for you, Adrian, ladies and gentlemen. It is the single most popular segment of this show. It's a little something we like to call drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I have to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well done, by the way. It's well done. It's like she's actually in the room right here. That's crazy. <laughs> it's an amazing it's, uh, thing. You know. So drinking news is our uh, our segment of the program where we uh, present you with stories that uh, are often, but not always, about drinking. But they are always best heard, best consumed if you've been drinking. And certainly we have, thanks to the... Extreme series from uh, Plantation Rum. (laughs) So today's drinking news story is about money. We've all heard that money makes the world go round. Or that money is the root of all evil. And we've heard that money, it's a hit. Don't give me that good, good, good bullshit. We've heard all of these things about money. But have we ever heard anything from money? Has cash ever spoken? What would it say? Would the $20 bills kind of like make fun of the fives and the ones? And what about that weird $2 bill? What would it have to say? Remember that thing? That $2 bill? Are those still even around anymore? I haven't seen There's one in years. There's a place in Houston that when you go there, all your change is $2 bills. Wow. That, that's McGonagall's really weird. Monkey duck. That's, yeah. re- that's really weird. Uh, although, as a general rule, I do tend to take pretty much everything that Australian rock and roll band ACDC has ever said. As the nearest thing we may have to the honest truth. But I will confess that even so, on a personal level, I've never actually heard money talk. And I'm willing to bet that neither have you. But apparently, this does not hold true for everyone. Because a Florida woman was recently arrested for a crime she committed at a Waffle House. (laughs) That's not even surprising. Now I know what you're probably <laughs> thinking. On, yeah. A nefarious act at a we Waffle call that, House. We call that Tuesday. But right? as, well, as Winston Churchill once said, hey, crooks got to eat too. <laughs> I think it was Churchill. It might have been this other guy named Winston who got caught breaking into a Denny's one time. But th- that's not important right now. <laughs> you see, back to our story. Police arrested 47-year-old Juanita Morton of St. Petersburg, <laughs> Florida. What? 
I love the name, Quinita Morton. <laughs> Quinita Morton. <laughs> like, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Florida. Police arrested her and charged her with felony theft after she stole a wallet at a Waffle House. As it turns out, a customer at the Waffle House had inadvertently left his wallet on the counter there after paying his tab. And according to footage from a security camera, Juanita Morton, Juanita Morton, was seen on video looking around and putting her hat on top of the victim's wallet on the counter. And then she slid the hat and wallet into her hands in a manner that police described as with discretion. The video then shows Morton leaving the establishment quickly while her husband and child are left to pay her tab inside the restaurant. Morton, who works at a nursing home, lives about eight miles from the Waffle House in St. Petersburg. <clears throat> Police were able to identify Juanita Morton from the footage, and they tracked her down to make the arrest. And when confronted, Morton admitted to officers that she took the wallet, but don't worry, it wasn't brazen theft. No. Juanita ensured them that the money in the wallet, and I'm quoting here, was calling to her. It was calling to her? It was calling to her. Oh, yeah. Of course it was. I mean, that's very specific money calling out the name Juanita. She didn't that's well, not like, it's well, not like, she not like a normal name, you in know. In fairness, she didn't say if it called her Juanita or Ms. Morton. Or just said, hey, you. But apparently, we can all overlook all of this because, after all, the money was calling to her. Police arrested Juanita, who had four previous theft convictions, and she was released from jail after posting, blonde, uh, posting bond. Ring, ring. The Hello. <laughs> it's money. <laughs> Juanita, is that you? <laughs> well, I wondered how long it was going to take you to call. <laughs> The wallet in question, according to police, contained credit cards and $2,286 in cash, which leads me to the, ob- to the obvious question. Which is actually more difficult here to believe? That Juanita Morton actually physically heard the cash from the wallet calling out to her, beckoning her to take it, or that a man who had almost $2,300 in his wallet, surveyed his dining options and chose the (laughs) Waffle House. Some mysteries are perhaps better left unsolved. Reporting live from the Waffle House, where I'm wondering if the $1.75 I've got in my wallet will call out to anybody if I leave it on the counter. My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. I think the title of the Cheers segment show. answers your question. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> it's all right. Sometimes it's better if it comes later. The so title of the segment. I think the title of the segment answers your question. It was drinking news. Otherwise, why else would a man with $2,000 be eating at a Waffle House? Yeah. Uh, no, smothered and covered? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> we absolutely all know right. why I went to Waffle House. It's in, delicious. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and go way out on a limb here and tell you that in my life, I don't believe I've ever eaten at a Waffle House while sober. I've never eaten at one period. Good for you. you never good for you. You're a man. I had my I, first I, I took, I'm not bragging. I'm I took, not bragging. I took my wife there for a uh, thank uh, for a Valentine's dinner. To the Waffle House? Yeah, That's they had awesome. a they had a, a special Waffle House decided to do Valentine's. She thought it would be hilarious. I was like, "All right, we're doing it." <laughs> and let me like tell it. you, 
The hash browns were amazing. The steak See? was not. <laughs> you ordered steak at a Waffle House? Oh, that, was the, that was the Valentine's dinner. Oh, my God. Uh, that's, that's a T-shirt right there. You, you ordered steak, steak at a Waffle, at a waffle House? <laughs> I feel so judged. Uh, I am straight judging you. You get pancakes with peanut butter. That's it. <laughs> Cheesy, uh, cheesy scrambled eggs are pretty damn good too. Yeah, well, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I think I may have told this on the air before, but back when I was a morning radio host, I used to have this contest where if you wanted to win concert tickets or not, uh, we called it. Uh, um, uh, I think we just called it as Bubba there, and the idea was we'd get a caller on the line who wanted to win the tickets. And then we would also call a Waffle House somewhere in the United States. We wouldn't say where. And the idea was that when they answered, I would say, yeah, um, I need to talk to Bubba. And I think he's there. Is Bubba there? At which time the person at the Waffle House would then set the phone down on the counter and go, Bubba, is Bubba, is there a Bubba here? (laughs) And the person who was trying to win the tickets would have to correctly predict whether or not someone would come the to bet. the phone. Yeah. And if they predicted right, they got the tickets. I think we always gave them to them anyway, but yeah. that was the that was the whole the whole point was the uh, was the phone call. What was the bubble to non bubble ratio? It was about half and a half. Yeah. It was about fifty fifty, which yeah. kept it a pretty fair contest. But uh but no, I was you would be surprised though at at how funny it was whether Bubba was there or not. I mean, I, I feel just like to hear the person calling not, out not, for Bubba. Don't get me wrong, I went to high school in Liberty, so there were Bubba's, multiple Bubba's. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like everyone had at least one Bubba in there. That life. you knew that was someone yeah. you knew that was a Bubba. Yeah. I mean, you know, or a friend named Taco or <laughs> That may be more like a, a you know there may be a southern thing. Southern thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't thing. have those or in Western. Wisconsin. Or Western. Yeah, not, no, like, have a not a lot of Bubba's, no Waffle House BT dubs. So so the guys that we would think of that would likely be named Bubba here, what would they more likely be named in Wisconsin? She had all the answers. Right. I got, yeah, I got I nothing. Know, I know. I don't see. Like when I lived in Boston, they'd be chowderheads. Chowderheads. Yeah, chowderhead. Uh, even more important question: Where in Wisconsin do you go for flapjacks at three in the morning after you've been drinking all night? Uh, we have a place called George Webb's George in Milwaukee. Webbs. George Webb's. Mm-hmm. Oh. They are famous for having two clocks for no apparent reason <laughs> next to each other. And they have different times on. Twenty-four them? hours. Um, no, are they the same? same? They're synced. Yeah. Wow. One for why. each eye. Well, I don't trust that. <laughs> Something's going on with George Webb. I actually don't know that. how many George Webbs are left, but we do have Denny's. Everybody has a Denny's. Yeah, yeah not yeah. great. Jesus. Moon's over my hammy. There's Pass. a there's a Denny's like right around the corner from my house. I mm-hmm. think I've I've lived over there like twelve years. I've been there once, See, maybe twice. I think as more and more places like. Even Taco Bell's. But I got stuff. a taqueria uh, called Rucci's right around the corner from my See house. That? I bet that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. far, far more desirable than Denny's well, at that I was just going to say, as as yeah. more and more places have decided they will stay open late, Denny's has kind of lost the only reason you would ever right. go to a Denny's, which is it's the only place open, right? Right. So, uh, I don't know. I will say this. When I was, uh, uh, when I was uh, spending time uh, when I was younger, when I lived in San Antonio, we had a, a better Denny's. It was called Jim's. And Jim's had some of the best biscuits and gravy you would find oh, anywhere. Nice. It's still there. Really there, there was Jim's yeah. in Houston for a while. Was it really? Yeah, the guy no, with the cowboy hat yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. yeah, but not long. Yeah. Not long. I think they're still in San Antonio. There is. I saw one not too long ago. Yeah. 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 
That and Bill Miller Barbecue. What is the deal with Bill Miller? Bar- uh, wow. Bill well, you Mar- know what? I feel like we've. I feel like Bill, <laughs> Bill Maher Barbecue. Oh, we're, we're, far, we're so far off the rails, I can't see the rails anymore. Uh, uh, I think we're going to try some rum. I was trying yeah. to do a Bill Maher Speaking of Bill Miller Barbecue, I think we're going to try rum. I can't even go there. You know what goes great bit... with barbecue? A big, meaty rum. Yeah? yeah. How, about, how about a really young one? Oh, yeah, a young one. The young one, the young that was, little tiny that, room. That was a Wait, very, that was a show. That was a very forced seg, but it was in fact a segue. <laughs> forced seg. <laughs> the, oh, by the way, somebody just referenced the young ones. But I was it? Oh, about, but was a consensual this. seg? That's what I yeah, want to make sure. So, okay. so you got to excuse me because I'm out of. The, I came out of the radio business, and we don't call them segways. That's just a fancy word for segs. So oh. that's why we call them segs. Segs. I'm going to seg this record into the next one, and I'll be right back. Sounds like you had real segs appeal. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> there's there's nothing segsier than a radio personality. Trust oh, me. boy. <laughs> All right, we're going to try some. This is the young rum, right? This is the young rum. So when you say, when you say young, how, how young... How young do you have to be to be considered young when it's a rum? Well, it's a relative thing, and for us, it's really young at four years for a single cask. Only okay. four years. A couple of years in the bourbon cask, a year in the cognac cask, and uh, a year and a half in the cognac cask, and probably about six months in a red Pinot de Chiron cask. Mm. Uh, this one was barreled at 86 proof, also a little bit on the lower end for most of our uh, um, single casks. And not to be a big tease, but I'm pretty sure that you have listeners out there in the Hill Country. This is going to be a uh, exclusive for the Austin Shaker in Austin, oh, which nice. has three oh. locations. Have you been there before? Uh-uh. No, I know of it, but I've not been there. Strongly recommend it. One of the best liquor stores. Well, they have three locations and some of the uh, the deepest dive you're going to see in a lot of liquor stores, uh, 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 as far as just you know, esoteric mm. product and things you don't normally see. Yeah, and the crew's really awesome. They, that's what they I are love so finding is, is is those things that are more of a deep dive like that, and that you can find stuff you don't see everywhere else. It's like, I don't need to drive across the country to go in and buy a bottle of Jim Beam. You this know? has <laughs> no heat. Yeah? I haven't tasted it yet. I've only uh, put it on the nose, and I love what I'm smelling on the nose. No, this is an easy... Is easy uh, drinking rum? Silky. I don't want to call it light, because light is a lot, not, not a word you really want to use with rum, especially sipping rum, but this one is just an easy, uh, really uh, soft, but flavorful rum. And when I first heard about four years, oh, my goodness, that's too young. No, no, it's perfect like this. It's am, I, am I getting a little cinnamon in this? Uh, yeah, Definitely. probably. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like the... the, the the, the pure sugar cane kind of uh, flavor. It's I, almost I, like cinnamon toast. I get, I get mm. cinnamon. It's so silky. Mm-hmm. There's no heat whatsoever to it. That's it's absolutely beautiful. Right crazy. There, yeah, so this one it hasn't even landed yet. Again, on a boat. No, actually, this one's not even on a boat yet. Uh, TABC dragged their heels a little bit on getting approval on the label. So so, so this is something. Is this going to be a... a um, uh, like a seasonal or a temporary, or is this one shot deal, dude? Mm-hmm. One, sh- one all, shot. All, all single casts are one shot deals. Now, and these guys have a, a, a nice library of their picks over the past years. They've done a, a Jamaican uh, rum in Bardstown uh, bourbon barrels. Um, God, they did a they did a uh, Trinidad that was in Kilhoman barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, they have a Panama, and I do not remember off the top of my head which that finish was, but. You know, they try not to do a repeat, so when they're finding a rum for their next pick, they always try to do something different. And this uh, is Guatemala, and right? This one, no, no. Yeah, 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 Guatemala. Thank you, Guatemala. Um, and this one just kind of leapt up, leapt up, you know, and smacked us uh, right in the It's really there. good. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really, really like it. It's You're right, and, and I know you don't want to use the word light, 
but it hits the palate in a lighter way than some of the other ones. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have a lot of flavor. Still really has a lot yeah, of flavor. Yeah, still very complex. And, and because of its age, it's going to be more affordable than some of the other mm -hmm. single cast picks, which, you know, are 20 years and up. Mm -hmm. It just depends. But there's something about Guatemala rum that that tertiary aging just takes it in all kinds of different directions that we've never done anything close that's a repetitive in Guatemala rum. Mm -hmm. last, let's see, last year, the one we did for uh, Lee's Liquor, and you can still get that one. Man, I wish I could remember what the, the second aging. That, I think that was a, a white Pionde uh, uh cask, and it was completely different from this one. Uh, much more, uh, uh, um, it ha had some savoriness to contrast or, or the, the sweetness of it. And there was, of course, this one was like the holy grail of Guatemalan rums. It, it was done years ago by uh, NASA Liquor, where they used that Ambarana cask, and it was just a coconut bomb. Mm. Everyone just loved it. We were making uh, co coquinos. What's what's the uh, coquito? Coquito, coquitos out of it, and there's just just really, really just delicious, rich stuff. And just mm. every time something completely different. And what's crazy is I've tasted. We have another barrel. Uh, of the uh, Guatemala uh, that's still sitting in an Ambarana cache back in France. And I tasted that one out of the barrel, and it was nothing like the other expression that we'd done. Uh, that we did the exact, that we'd done the exact same aging. That we did what, the exact same aging. What do you think yeah. it, it is about Guatemalan rum that makes it you know, vary so widely once it's uh, been aged? Well, it's a, it's, I know we don't like the term light, but they do make a lighter style of. Uh, rum, just in general, that they excel in aging. So he outside doesn't of like what light, don't say smooth. Don't say smooth. I won't say it. I won't say the S word or the L word ever again. Um, but Guatemala, you know, they also have their own sugar. Um, so they're a rum producing country. They're a sugar producing country. A lot of people buy bulk molasses from them, but they have their own source. Um, obviously, also a tropical climate, and some of those lighter styles of rum will have a a heavier effect from aging, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, it, it takes the over. aging has more impact on right. it than it would maybe if it were a heavier style of rum. Exactly, that makes sense. Yeah, there's a there's more going on, and it it will kind of color the product um, in a different way than. Well, I, I love it young. Now, is the <laughs> other bottle that you have here? I'm sorry, that was that was wrong. Um, uh, <laughs> Did you ever uh, you ever watch uh, any of the old Monty Python episodes? Sure, of course. They had a uh, skit called Crunchy Frog at one point in time. <laughs> I think I remember And when the Crunchy waiter frog, is yeah. describing the frog, he speaks about how it was lightly killed. That's just what you're talking about. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're talking about the flavor. Was it with a dripping it French lightly. accent and the frog has been yeah. lightly killed. Yeah, yes, this yes. is perfect. <laughs> Only very lightly killed. It's been lightly killed. <laughs> I like younger rum also. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, keep it real. <laughs> Just like, no, no, kids, come on, come on, come yeah. on, come on. Hold on. It's all, hold, all hold hands. Come on, See, come on. Stay on the path. Docs has been on the show enough times to know that we will, in fact, venture way off the path. We'll eventually come back. Uh, no, what I was going to ask, though, is the other one, is this now an older expression Correct. of the same? Are we ready to jump to that? Let's do it. Let's jump to it. Yeah, we'll, right. save, we'll save the beer for the goodbye segment. We'll try this now. Because um, I think the direct comparison here will be... Very right. interesting. So, so this one's much older. Yeah, go for it. You wanna, oh, you can talk about it. When you bit. say much older, how much is uh, much? Uh, so this one is 14 and some change. Okay. Um, so the first 11 years in Jamaica, in ex-bourbon barrel, um, three years in cognac barrel in France, and then a finish with the the local whiskey. So ex-bourbon, 
ex bourbon, cognac, and then the local whiskey. Mm -hmm. Iron root. Iron root. Iron oh, root. Nice. Those guys know what's going on. I love the Iron Root yeah. guys. The, I love the Licorice the, family. They're, they're, the family is so may, fun. May I spin a yarn? May I spin some yarns about the Licorice family? Uh -huh. Please do. Absolutely adore them. So uh, I actually uh, uh, met uh, Marsha uh, via uh, email and telephone. Uh, they wanted to come out to see our uh, uh, facilities out there in Cognac, and so I arranged everything for them to get out there and, and the tour to be made and that sort of thing. And they spent a week out there just touring Cognac, and they'd go see the other distilleries and that sort of thing, but they'd always come home to us. And we just built this great relationship there. Um, there is so much... Um, I don't know if I want to call it coincidence, but my goodness, there's just so so many connections between us and Ironwood. They're in Denison, Texas. Denison is a sister city to Cognac because uh, you know, I did not know that. over 100 something years ago. It's the grape relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's when it's when the phylloxera epidemic wiped out the, uh, uh, all the vineyards from Europe. That's right. They talked about that when the Iron Root guys were on the show, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Some of the roots came. Most of the roots came from Denison, the ones that went to Cognac, and that's when it became a sister city. Not only that, these guys are doing things just outside of the norm. The spirits that are producing there, they're very similar to us. They're showing respect to the whiskey world uh, uh, and, and, and honoring uh, tradition, but not being bound to it and not afraid to push the boundaries and do something different, very similar to us. Um, it's it's the, the, you know the, the relationship between us. The, I should say the kinship between us is not just uh, uh, um, in, in the locations of where we're, we're you know where we're making spirits, but just so many fortuitous happenstances that connect us together uh, that really do make us kindred spirits. Uh, you know, uh, um, oh yeah, there was one. There was uh, there, they spent a ton of time out there in Cognac, and just they knew just you know spending time with us that, that we were uh, the kind of people that they wanted to be known with. So we uh, 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 did the barrel exchange thing, which we've done so many times before with different uh, uh, whiskey makers and whatnot. So they got a couple of our cognac and rum uh, uh, casks, and they'll be uh, launching some whiskeys from that. And we, of course, uh, have our rum here that's not here yet, and still waiting on, uh, uh, I think we just got TBC label approval for that one. So that one should probably be coming in, in or, you know, let's say, late winter. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I want to make sure I understand the one that we just had, the younger rum, mm -hmm. and this, which is you said about fourteen years, but the juice is the same, right? No. Nope. No. Totally different. Different country. This one, okay, the current sorry. one, is from Jamaica. Okay, this um, is Jamaica. Okay, yep. that explains it because yeah. I was going to say, I can't Worlds believe apart. the difference of fourteen yes. years of aging made. Right. Uh, no, because this is what this is exactly what. You kind of expect that Jamaican rum yeah. to be. Mm -hmm. It is funky. It is gonna get up and and you know mess with you a little bit in a in a very good way. At least that's on the nose. I haven't tasted it yet. On the nose, just a touch soy sauce. Soy sauce. See, I don't ever want to go soy there with sauce. my yeah, rum. Yeah, why would you? No, no, it's a, no, 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 <laughs> guys. What is it? This is a, this is like a note. This I is mean, not something that someone's saying right at you. You can get it. That's from across bad the room. when it's beer. Uh, yeah. But it's good when it's food, so, you know. No, I mean, it's just very savory. There's, there's something going on there. Again, it's not, I don't mean like it's a straight soy bomb here. No, it's just that that very faint. And listen, I get Dijon mustard off of OFD. So there's a That's there's good. a little, like the Jamaican rum has a little chemical-y kind of thing mm -hmm. going on. Um, but in kind of a good way. I don't really know how else to describe it. I call it the funk of 40,000 years. It's a funky <laughs> thing. But, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's real good, though. It's delicious. 
But, really but this see, one now, has this a little is, heat to it, though. This it is super complex, back. though. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about the Young Rum having nice complexity, but it is nowhere near as complex as it. There's so right. much going on here. It's very complex. It's layered, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a banana in there. There's uh, like uh, like on the retro hail, especially. There's like a, a banana in the tailpipe. Like a banana. <laughs> I can fall from a banana tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize there's a, there's a no whole generation that no just doesn't have a clue? <laughs> it's me. That's the, but that's been funny <laughs> to me for <laughs> years. Well, it's what just going to go about? away. Right. I got to tell you, man, out of every episode I've ever been on, this one has run the tightest so far. You're just a sloppy mess by now. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we're pretty much getting a burping contest by now. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, that would be smoking and toasting 112, uh, 186, and uh, 205, if you want to go back and look them up. The, sl- the sloppy episodes. I think the worst one was when, well, perhaps the best one. The best one was when you, me and Chris Morris. Yeah, that, that oh, one, at the same that, time? That one yeah. got sloppy. That was, yeah. that was pretty that one fun. Got sloppy. I, I would say anytime Chris is on the show, it gets pretty sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta meet this Chris person. Yeah. Oh, he's he's, he's a uh, he's an interesting dude. He's okay. Is he still working over at uh, uh, Cabal? Uh, Wait. Know. Let me bet first. Well, <laughs> how, how, about, how about this? He's still telling them what to do there. Uh, I don't know how much work he's doing, but he's still, uh, he's still telling them what to he's do. He's still in some way, shape, or form employed. Man, I, I love going in there, and uh, I, and he's one of the few bartenders. And I know bartenders generally hate this, but he thinks it's funny because I'll walk in and be like. Whatever you're making me, and he just makes me something, and I, you know, he hasn't hit it wrong yet. He is a very, very good mixologist. He made me a drink that tasted like a bowl of pho, and what? gets you drunk. Ooh. Wow, it was yeah. amazing. I'm not so sure I want that, but no, you liked it was it. amazing. Wow, I mean, I like a good so bowl good. of pho, but I don't know if I want it an alcoholic. It was, it was what? What did bowl. he? I mean. I can't even begin. Did he just like spirit, make so. a syrup out of collagen powder, or like what's the Chris? Are what's you watching? Recipe? We need to know what your recipe is. You know what, is you guys, the... when you leave here, you could go straight over there and see him. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that drink got you fought up? They <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, see, and this is why we're usually just doing a burping I don't know contest. What was in by that now. fun drink? <laughs> it was low hanging root, but it was ripe and juicy, baby. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that reminds me of this guy I knew that was. Uh, uh, Wait, that uh, was me. No, no, this oh. was this was a radio buddy of mine. <laughs> you guys had some similarities, uh, but he used to like to go on a show and tell stories about the far off and magical land of Fa, and then he would tell stories about the ruler of Fa, the, the Fa king. king, and then he would you know say he would go into elaborate stories, and that would be his. There's, whole thing. there's a place outside of uh, uh, Round Rock. Mm-hmm. That I've passed by a few times. It's called the Fu King. The Fu King. I like it. I like it. Me, I never went to those elaborate uh, things when I was on the radio. I just talked a lot about the breed of dog called the Shih Tzu. <laughs> that was my way to. Yeah. We really are kind of devolving I here. Think you That's, got a beer we need to taste. Uh, I think. Oh, I think we do. So I tell you what, we'll take a break. We'll do that in our final uh, goodbye segment. So uh, we'll be right back. This is. Absolutely delicious. And to now it's time to, to say goodbye. Oh, Thanks. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, hand-rolled cigars, and um, burping contests. 
Um, and Ian is opening our final beer of the evening as we come in here to say goodbye. As you as you you know pour this, I just want to say I was trying to determine what it was going to tell you was my favorite of the rums that we've had today, and I'm having real trouble picking one. They were all so freaking. We're gonna good. have to taste them all again. Yeah. So <laughs> mission accomplished. We're starting okay. this show over. Do yeah. over. <laughs> it really was one of those situations where I liked all of them the best, but for different reasons. If you understand what, yeah. what that means, like there there would be situations where I would go, that one's the standout. Other situations where I go, this one was the standout. But they were all good, including the really the really young one too, which mm-hmm. I I thought was. I thought it was very impressive how good that was, how well it stood up to these other uh, rums as we go. So. I get that question a lot, and you, you've seen my collection. Um, and and uh, what, I, what I pretty much tell people is, like, I do have some that I think is some of our best. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking what my favorites are, no matter where I start in the evening, the evening ends up with the pineapple, with the Stiggins Fancy Rum. It, just, it, al- so it, it always good. ends there. It always just It's the, so, so all, good. All roads lead to Stiggins Fancy Pineapple Rum. So at our house, we alternate pretty pretty regularly between the Isle of Fiji and the Stiggins uh, Fancy Pineapple. It's, it's hard to tell which one we like more, but we like both of them a lot. So And they're, and they're priced well enough that we can just always have one of each on I hand. I don't know you. what it is that you make the uh, pineapple, the fancy fi- pineapple rum out of, but it evaporates so fast. Pineapple. <laughs> like, it, it's like, like whatever it is, like pineapple. once it's open, like that bottle, like every time I look at it, it's like further and further down. It's, it's, it's a bottle crazy. defect. It's, 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 it's I'm sorry. from liver osmosis. Is We're it? working <laughs> on it. I think that's it. So, um, Ellen Scotland is the home to Brewdog Brewery. These guys have some. However, great, I absolutely love their IPA. By the way, it says brewed in Ohio. Oh, well, they have an Ohio brewery as well. Then, thanks for finding that. It says right there. Ellen Scotland, Scotland Ohio, maybe. Is, now, Ellen Scotland <laughs> is is where their original brewery is for sure. It's a butte. Is their Christmas ale, which is themed after uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Or I'm sorry, we've not a Christmas ale. It's a Christmas uh, stout. We've teamed up with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to bring you It's a Butte Pecan and Toffee Stout at 7.5%. This rich and decadent stout combines sweet toffee flavors, roasted cacao, and hints of vanilla. It may not be the gift that keeps on giving the whole year, but we can guarantee that your six-pack won't survive meowing. Oh, won't arrive meowing. Sorry. Ah, I gotcha. Now it makes sense. Gotcha. Well, you uh, can get all those. All those <laughs> you'll never survive the meowing. <laughs> <laughs> never all of those ah. things that you mentioned, by the now way, are, like my cat. are present on the nose. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, 7.5% by volume, stout with natural flavors, brewed in Ohio. Wow. That's all the information I'm we have. I'm really sir. curious to see what you think of this. It smells fantastic. Yeah, it smells like everything that you read off in the game. Like, each one of those is is definitely rec- uh, represented on the nose. So, you know, I have a penchant for sickly sweet beers, right? Mm-hmm. This is amazing. This is so sweet. It's so stuck to my tongue still after that sip, first so sip. So, if you compare I this love it. to, like, let's say a St. Arnold Christmas ale, that's just not so sweet. Like, it's got... It's got some of the dark notes that this has, the toffee and the, uh, but but it, it doesn't come across sweet. And oh this no no, this sweet. this makes me this makes me sit here and smack my lips like an old man. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like an old man eating soup over here. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that's really How do you bad. feel about the level of carbonation? Uh, I'm fine with it. I like almost no carb. It's tiny, bu- tiny bubbles. Yeah, tiny bubbles. I'm getting tiny, tiny bubbles. bubbles. Yeah, for sure. The almost no carb makes me happy. Tiny bubbles in the stout. It tastes like if a pecan sandy and uh, like the shortbread cookie and like a fudge stripe cookie mm. had a baby. You're not from around here. I'm right? sorry, a can of pea? What? Huh? You, know what, you know what a pecan sandies? You're not from you around know, here. You don't know no pecan sandies? Yeah. It's just oh. here. In oh, I'm sorry, pecan. pecan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah, put yeah, the yeah, emphasis yeah. on the right syllable. <laughs> it has an A in it, so it's pronounced eh. Okay? <laughs> That's Wisconsin for you. <laughs> her, favorite doctor, her favorite doctor was James Can. She hated to see him die. <laughs> uh, um, R.I.P. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's delicious. And, um, you know, I, I'm not the stout guy. Ian's the stout guy. This but. is exactly uh, like this is big, crazy mouth feel. Mm-hmm. Almost no carb- uh, carbonation to it. It's, it's interesting sickly because, sweet. It's interesting because um, this is what I would expect to come from I mean, like just, a big bomber rather than like a 12-ounce can. It just sticks to the cup. Oh, like, yeah. Mm. Like this is exactly uh, a late beer lover's nightmare, and I absolutely <laughs> love this. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, a great way to, um, to kind of put an exclamation point on the show then. Um, we have had some of the most out- amazing and outrageously good rums today. I, I, I don't think I can pick a favorite. Do you have a favorite? Mm. Out today, the funky one. The I last, love the, the funk. Last one, I love the, the funk. Jama- and then the cognac was so good too. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Can't forget um, about the cognac. But they're all so good. Like it's hard. Like this, this the Fiji one was quite nice. But I like the funk. Gotta have that funk. Yeah, yeah you gotta have. You know, there's one. Thing, I want the funk. There's one thing that we did forget to mention on uh, Adrian's uh, biography here. She can play a mean ukulele. No. You've never even heard me play ukulele. Now, now, now is that considered like a taboo? You know, never touching another man's ukulele. That's I'm not doing it. Come on, <laughs> definitely that's never not. T- just that's a, never touch another man's ukulele. You said to me earlier today that you can play the ukulele. I did say that, and I'm running proof right now. Nope. Wow. wow. Okay. So you're going to turn us down in the no. final segment just of the just show. A something. Don't you, put me on. You don't have to do over the rainbow. Just give us something here. No. Can you do Next you're going to ask me to sing. Next you're going to ask me to like she can jump sing up and down. Too. She can sing. She's a great singer. Let, let, let me give this some context. Here we go. She's, she's pushing back at playing the ukulele or singing. But with very little prodding, she actually leaned into the microphone and said, I had to take my gator to the vet. So <laughs> you, think about it was this. an instruction. Think about this. I'm not doing I'm it. instructing you to play us a little ditty on the on the You are on the, not the boss of me. And, and, and just, <laughs> You know what? You have a talent, and you're wasting it. You're wasting Go to your room. <laughs> uh, this is how you treat your guests? <laughs> it's how docs, to him, to Doc. It's how yeah. Doc treats our guests. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly right. yes. Have you ever seen Chris exactly Moore's right. on the show? It, when I was going to say, it's been a lot worse. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Who is Chris? <laughs> I need to meet Chris um, today. Um, so so not, I don't want to unnecessarily prolong the show, but if we say please, would you do it? No. You can't put her on the spot. Oh, come on. She hasn't prepared a song or anything. I don't want to. That's fair. That's fair. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we'd exhausted every avenue and opportunity. I'll play the drop. I'll play something. I know I can do like the six chords from Smoke on the Water. (laughs) Ian's like, uh, (laughs) like, I'll play. I'm like, dance, monkey, dance. And he's uh, he's, he's, there he is with the ukulele. He's happy to. I don't know why. I let that mean woman make me a fool. 
Come on, Almond Brothers. What is that? I know. I, I get oh, it. Almond I get Brothers. it. Yeah. <laughs> Almond Brothers. They on were, a ukulele? They were a rock and roll band. In, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know who the Almond Brothers are? No. Oh. You don't know Ramblin' Man? All right. On that. Okay. I just like right. to apologize to What is all this everyone. aggression? <laughs> this is a bad. I made a horrible mistake. Okay. I'm so sorry. Okay, so before the Docs, Jonas what Brothers. What have you done? Uh, before the Jonas before Brothers. Before there were the Jonas Brothers, there were some other bands, and some of them were pretty good. I appreciate that you think I'm that young. <laughs> Noted. Actually, the Jonas Brothers are actually all like grown up and doing all grown like up middle music. middle aged, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Joe, driving around in a Corvette with a yeah, top down. Yeah, Joe Jonas is already got gray in his beard. Yeah. <laughs> you were in a band. How do you not know who the Owen brothers are? Calm down, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. I keep looking Let's for a way to, to tie a ribbon around this, and I'm not finding it. So, I'm just Ian, gonna, maybe I'm just you can put do up it. The yeah. final toast. Yeah, I, I think you should. <laughs> um, have a uh, wonderful week, my friends. Thank you for joining us for Smoking and Toasting. Thanks to both of you. You've been wonderful guests, and you brought wonderful stuff Cheers, and we thank you for Cheers. that thanks to you guys for listening <laughs> back next week with mark burrell christmas wines everybody we'll uh we'll be even drunker than probably than we are now have a great week <laughs>